Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel, a Quantum Leap podcast with Sam and Dennis. We are coming to you from our top secret headquarters at Project Quantum Leap, but you can find us online at fwwquantumleappod.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Fate's Wide Wheel. And please do us a favor by hitting the subscribe button on iTunes. Well, it's funny because I tried to cram in some, um, you know, research before this. Sure. It was, sure. It was not great research. I went to IMDb just to look at a list of every actor that's ever been in in the show, and and I because I was actually looking for the actor who played Tom mm. to see what he's up to now. And yeah. I, I ended up just cycling through a, a crapload of them and realized that uh, either a kid of Belisario or a character called Belisario featured here and there qu- quite a few times. Yeah, in the show. it was like. Uh, well, his daughter had been in a few of his shows. Mm-hmm. Um, Troy and Belisario. Uh, I'm not sure who who else, perhaps. But yeah, I mean, the thing I, is, I, he I had, know, yeah. you know, I mean, being being a producer slash creator of so yeah, many yeah. different properties, yeah, he reused a lot of folks. Andrea Thompson is one of them, because mm-hmm. she was actually a lead character in the first season of JAG. Um, okay. But they, they apparently... Um, the network wasn't too keen on her and they wanted to switch mm-hmm. things up. Or, or actually, wait a minute, I might be thinking of one of the other actors. Because... Between its first and second season, it switched networks. And when yeah, it right. aired on the new network, I think the part of the deal was is it had to be lower budget, so he could basically only keep like his lead actor, hmm. and he had to axe everybody else because it would have been too much money to keep them all around. Huh. But I don't know. But there are also some people that they didn't like. It's a weird, sure. weird thing. The, the network side of it is, is actually alien to me because all of it was shown on BBC Two. In sure. So that's all I know. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's very interesting to hear a lot of that backstory as well. Yeah, that's fascinating to us as well because we've even talked a few times about the differences you know between American and, and British television and even when we were talking about Matt uh, talking with Matt Dale uh, about the way that Quantum Leap aired <laughs> one of the things that we discussed is that it, because they were kind of playing catch up with it there yeah. were times when you know a season finale would air and the season premiere would air just a couple of weeks later huh. whereas over here we had to wait months yeah, at a time sure. uh, Babylon 5 was another one that we talked about that way because like yeah. I remember and I can remember actually at the time just reading the message board about how Babylon 5 had actually, um, its fourth season, I want to say, was delayed here, but it aired over in the UK before. <laughs> so it's like all the UK fans knew what was going on, while, whereas all the US fans were like, no, don't spoil it on the, you know, on the yeah. listservs and all it, that It's stuff. usually popular, Babylon 5, or at least it was yeah. um, in Britain, for sure. Which Andrea Thompson, again, from Lee Poem Part 2, is in... Babylon 5 as well. She, mm-hmm. she plays a major, major role in that show. There you go. So. We'll get there in that episode. But when I was a we kid, they, uh, what's her name again? The actress's name? Andrea Thompson. Andrea Thompson to me looks a lot like the actor who played April O'Neil in the first, oh, in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. And so, <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, is that her? Yeah. No, that's not, that's not her. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's great. Um, welcome, everybody. <laughs> Hello! We haven't, uh, we haven't done a cold open like that in a while, but as we were sitting here musing, it just seemed like the right thing to do. Um, Dennis and I today are joined by two special guests, lovely special guests that we're thrilled to have. One, of course, my wife, Jessica Conger. Hi, guys. And, Welcome uh, back. It's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah. And then our, our dear friend, uh, dear friend, who, as he pointed out to me, I kind of cheat when I say this. We've <laughs> known each other for about eight or nine years, yeah. but uh, we haven't seen each other in probably about five <laughs> 
<laughs> That's right. So, uh, but my friend Lawrence Brown, um, which uh, he has um, a vlog and Twitter, um, and it is it's lost. Wait, can you help me out. I will help you. Out. And hello, everyone. <laughs> um, yes, uh, my vlog is called Lost in the Pond, and as Sam said, I have a Twitter that you can check out, Facebook, Instagram, all the, the usual, and uh, and it's on YouTube. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, and, and, and it's great. Uh, there's some uh, very very humorous posts, especially, you know, even in recently about uh, the, the language differences uh, and words that mean one thing in the UK that means something entirely different here. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, like Trump, for instance. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> well, it's funny because I put out a meme ages ago about this, just very briefly, uh, that Trump in the UK actually means fart. Um, but pence uh, means penny as well. So it's like that together they are cheap farts. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So and I got behind that, retweeted it, did, you know, it, 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 it moved quite a lot, actually. It, it, it got picked up by one of those, you know, uh, I think it was Occupy Democrats, and yeah. they, they shared it around. And, and yeah, it was, it was a bit ludicrous, actually. It was embarrassing <laughs> in the end. Because um, I don't tend to get political on my show. Yeah. I, like, I try not to, just, sure. just because it, that's not what my show's about. Um, you know, and it could put some people off. So I just thought, oh, this won't go anywhere. A few people will see it, and, and it ended up getting shared two hundred or seen two hundred thousand times. I think it was. And That's fantastic. Just embarrassing. It's it's my most viewed thing ever. So <laughs> <laughs> that's not very useful for me. Well, but, um, it pulled in some new followers, so that's that's nice. That's yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because I, I mean, I I'm not trying to say that one had anything to do with the other. But after you had tweeted this out, and after it had been picked up, John Oliver actually did a bit where he talked about Trump meaning fart yes. in the UK, and immediately I couldn't help but think of you. Well, John Oliver <laughs> being my direct cousin, and uh, just that's it. It. <laughs> so it's, uh, what, what are you going to do? I what knew it. I knew uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but we are here today to talk about The Leap Home Part 1. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Part 2. We're just doing the whole shebang in one big session. We're going to release them as two episodes. Um, because but, God, God help your data. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. But in the interest of full disclosure, we're, we're just going to do the whole thing here. Um, but starting with uh, The Leap Home Part 1. It's the Season 3 premiere. That's right, folks. We've made it through two seasons. We have. Um, directed... The, oh, but, I was going to say this is like the 32nd overall episode of the series. Yeah, I but believe anyway. that's correct, yeah. Um, so the episode, Leap Home Part 1, directed by Joe Napolitano, uh, whose name we've heard before and we'll hear again uh, a couple of times. He directed, I think, something like 15 episodes total. Uh, written by Donald P. Belisario, who's also, of course, our show creator. Air date was September the 28th, 1990. Our leap date is November the 25th, 1960. We are in Elk Ridge, Indiana, and Sam has leapt into Sam Beckett. Spoiler! <laughs> right at the start. Yeah. yeah. So let's read the TV Guide description. It's important to note that this is actually from uh, the movie length version. Like when they aired a repeat, yeah. they aired the two episodes as one movie as opposed to the, uh, to the two separate chunks that they originally did. Uh, Sam, Scott Bakula, leaps home to himself as an Indiana farm boy with what he thinks is a chance to alter the sad fates of his father, sister, and brother, David Newsom, and to 1970 Vietnam, where, as a Navy SEAL, he has another shot at saving his sibling. Bakula plays his father in a dual role. 
Oh, I was going to say, I thought I'd seen him in some other episode. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> uh, so first things first, we finally have the real Saga Cell. No offense to no, the no, second no, season, this, this is, it. is this, the Saga Cell. What I wrote my notes last night was, new intro, best intro, most familiar intro, <laughs> the syndicated intro. Yeah. If all you watch the show is in reruns, yeah. this is the intro you get at the beginning of every episode. And it's so succinct, and it uses footage from the episodes, as opposed to some of the like stock footage that the, the one season two used, mm. and it just feels so much more right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like felt like coming home to me just to see that because I hadn't seen it in years. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we get Sam sitting there in the the cornfield, mm-hmm. um, remarking to himself about how you know, October. We, yeah, no November. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is one of those as I was watching these episodes last night. I gun to my head, I could probably recite. Both episodes, word for word. Yeah, I could do Leap Home Part One. I could I do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. told Jess that actually, as 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 we were sitting here, <laughs> I was like, I know this episode. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, I know this episode so well, partly because when I was fourteen years old, I sat at a computer with my VHS copy and transcribed the entire episode into script format. Took it to school, approached my drama teacher, and said, "Can we do this?" He said, "Yes." And somewhere in Gastonia, North Carolina, there is a drama <laughs> teacher by the name of Marcus Hyde who has a copy of The Leap Home starring yours truly as Sam Beckett. <laughs> we have to find it. Harold Crabtree as Tom Beckett. Yeah. Marcus Hyde as John Beckett. Kellen Cox as Thelma Beckett. And uh, John McSween, I believe, as I, Al Calavici. I feel like it's a special episode, just getting the band back together oh, and just God. doing a reading of the script. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's how obsessed I was with this episode. Now, we had no production values whatsoever. The the cornfield, for instance, was just the auditorium seats because they were yellow and they looked, you know, in <laughs> sure. my mind's eye. Uh, the leap out effect was created by pointing the camera at the TV while the camera was plugged into the TV to create feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we didn't finish the whole thing to be honest with you. We, we there are a couple of scenes that were missing, uh, including the basketball game. Sure, um, but boy, I had aspirations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> so he he's confronted by three cheerleaders. Yeah. Um, one yeah. of them wants him to. Go to the dance after the game. Yeah, Lisa wants to know yeah. the the goblin hop. Is that what gobbler it? hop? The yeah. gobbler hop after the game. And it occurred like, uh, and it never really occurred to me before, like what Sam was doing in the cornfield sure. before the leap in. But I realized I think he was hiding from him. Well, he said. Well, they they asked him. They said, "Sibby says that you cut through the cornfield after practice." Sure. At home. Yeah. So, but he's also like hunched down when he leaps in too. So that's true. Yeah. 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 He probably saw them. And was yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it would be in line with his character to hide from them, perhaps, given you know the jibes that Al throws at him about yes. how he is with women. Although, of course, he breaks that tradition almost every episode and still snogs a woman. Snogs is a British word for <laughs> making out, um, especially in. Leap Home Part 2, which we yeah, get to. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He really yeah. breaks that. Well, we, we, we will get there. Yeah. And it's also interesting to note that we have another character named Lisa. Uh, we had to mention a Skag's right. wife in MIA, mm-hmm. Lisa. Lisa is... Is also uh, Al's love interest-ish. Mm-hmm. It would, be, yeah. it would yeah. be interesting to see how often they recycle names. Well, it's right. interesting you say because later on, when Al is talking, they're in the barn, and he's talking about the basketball players on his team who would get scholarships, he mentions Lenegro, 
who would go on to become a doctor, which Professor Lenigro at MIT was Sam's yeah. mentor, who they ended up going to his cabin, and that's where they developed string theory and everything, yeah. um, which is what we learned from um, her charm. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting that the name gets recycled. Clearly not the same character. Sure. No, but that's, that sounds that. like string theory at work almost. Right. It's, it's very interesting how that happens with yeah. that name particularly. Yeah, I, I, completely, I completely agree. Um, so he gets spooked. Yeah, we get the old boy. The the boy, yeah. yeah, he runs through the cornfield, comes to the edge, and we see this, you know, beautiful scene here with the the farm, the barn, sure. etc., which is actually from Field of Dreams. Apparently, if you look hard, you can see the baseball diamond in the background. Mm-hmm. For real. Yeah. Huh. Um, and then we get that music. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I feel like we've gotten hints of it in the first two seasons, yes. but this is like we really get like the full, full yeah, on, yeah, like the yes. poem suite, mm-hmm. fully yeah. realized, yeah. Um, but yeah, he runs down, runs up on his porch, and then yeah, sees the mirror image. And the mirror image is played by Adam Logan, who is actually credited as Adam Afonso in the episode, uh, and also in the episode Genesis because he played the young Sam when Sam makes the phone call to his dad in the okay. second half of Genesis. Um, and comes in to say that you know the calf's about to birth. drop any, any second. Yeah. yeah, we did not hear his voice. Right, that was overdone by Scott Bakula. Right, but yes. Which yeah. again, anytime we see young Sam speaking, is of course actually Scott Bakula's right. voice. Right. Sure, mirror image. Which yeah. we get, we get quite a few mirror image shots in this episode. We do. Yeah, mm-hmm. we get an accidental mirror image of Scott Bakula. We'll get to that later on. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then the door opens, and uh, Thelma Beckett, Sam's mom, played by Caroline Cava, um, who's really great in this episode, yes, uh, uh-huh. also played the mom in Born on the Fourth of July, which had uh-huh. come out just the year prior to this. Okay. Um, she was only about 40 years old at the time the episode was made, um, which isn't... I, I, I'm not saying that like she's too young to play the role because let's sure, face it, like right. her oldest son is like what nineteen, mm-hmm. so it's 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 you know it's entirely possible that in that small like community sure. farm, oh, yeah. you know, she's having a baby at twenty one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she's forty years old at the time she played the role, so she's actually. Um, oh God, now I'm gonna, I might get this wrong. I think she's only a couple years older than Scott Bakula. I think Scott Bakula. She is 30, four years older than Scott. She's thirty six during the episode. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, there's this lovely scene where, you know, Sam, of course, is just incredibly moved to see his mother there. Yeah, and, gives and that's, her a that's the line, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, before we go to the opening credits, it's... Mom. Mom. And that's, like, the first clue to, other than just, like, how Sam is acting, like, that's the first, like, confirmation to yes. us, the audience, that... yeah. He has leaped home. I would say emotionally, I mean, this didn't happen the first time I saw this, but now any time I see it thereafter, that moment is when the lip starts to wobble a little bit. And, and yeah. you, know, you know what what what's coming in this episode and the one thereafter. Um, right. that's, the, that's the spark there. You've had the music. The music sort of warms your heart, but, but that part is, is the bit that gets me. Yeah. Every time, and I don't mind admitting it. No, mm-hmm. I completely agree. I, yeah. I started to get a little misty in that, in that particular moment. Sure. Um, I, w- I will say, too, uh, my wife, Betsy, she watched this episode with me last night. Yeah. I, 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 we've been together seven years now. Close to seven years. I, I cannot believe I had not sat her down and made her watch these two <laughs> particular episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even like n- like seeing the episode title on the on the Blu-ray menu, she still didn't know what the episode was about mm-hmm. until this moment when she turned when he turns and looks at her and says, "Mom," she's like, "Oh wow, yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. 
Now, so, Lawrence, how many times have you seen this episode, you think? 168. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dennis, what do you think? Like, you know. Maybe not 168, but easily up there. Like I said, yeah. I could recite this word for word. Um, we'll get to it maybe later on, but I did my my own show that was kind of yeah. hung its hat on the idea of this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, the same, same here. I mean, I, I think legitimately, I, I'm probably over fifty yeah. times on this episode. No joke. And um, Jessica, how many times have you seen this episode? This was the first. Which is why I asked that question because now, as we've set all this up, mm-hmm. and you have not said much, mm-hmm. my dear, uh, what uh, what did you think in in these opening moments? Uh, I guessed it pretty quickly that it was. I mean, it's called The Leap Home. It's a big giveaway. You know, when he was like, oh, corn, pheasants, I was like, oh, he, it's his house. <laughs> I might be a little more cynical lately. The pregnancy hormones, I think, are taking away some of my more um, sentimental side, because normally I am very sentimental. Uh I did. I did like this episode, but I think it was Sam's reaction to it that really touched me more than <laughs> that. I was also multitasking, so I was like kind of half paying attention. Um, sure, you're off the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I've been a little quiet because I I don't have quite the um, I don't know. I didn't pay as close attention as obviously you guys all have, but uh, yeah. I mean, it it was. It's exciting to see him back home and see what that will entail. And obviously that leads you to think, like, what would that be like to go back? Yeah. I mean, I've thought about that in a way, like, you know, sometimes you think, like, oh, it'd be nice to be back and be a high schooler again where you don't have to worry about work. And I'm always like, oh, that sounds terrible. Like, I don't (laughs) want to have to relit. Like, it's gone. It's done in the past, you know. Sure. So it would be an interesting thing to have that opportunity to go back there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's one of the universal qualities of this episode is everybody can relate to that very idea of yeah. just wanting to relive a moment in time, any moment in time, you know. Um, but 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 when you throw in well, and we'll get to it. But when you throw in the other elements, the emotional elements, maybe you wouldn't want to. Who knows? Sure. Right. Well, and I think that you know, speaking of one of those emotional elements, he's seen his mom. Now he goes to help his dad because there's this bit where she's like yeah. calling for him, but he's gone deaf all around that heavy machinery. And so Sam goes to help him with the cows mm-hmm. um, and he sees his dad, yeah, uh, who is also played by, by Scott yeah, because yeah, in the credits, that's where you see and it, I've always uh, it's, it's weird how they credit him. They don't say and Scott Bakula as Sam's father. They say Scott Bakula as his father. <laughs> Which, if you pick it apart, right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so, you know, we've lived in this episode for a while. Like when you saw, what, what did you think of seeing Scott Bakula in old age makeup? Uh, like yeah, that, that was the same reaction Betsy had. She yeah. was like, I thought it was weird. She was like, uh you know, here's the thing. I gotta be honest with you. Twenty eight years later, I think it still actually holds up pretty damn well. I think I, I can see the cracks almost literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, I, I, my wife Tara had. I, I seem to recall having the same reaction. Mm. Yeah, because we grew up with it as kids. I think to us, when we first saw it in our sort of childlike state, it it was like you know. Um, uh, Michael J. Fox in, in Back to the Future when yes, he had to yeah. develop. It was kind of exciting in a way. You kind Absolutely. of liked that that uh, sure. as a kid and you didn't mind 
that the that the makeup may or may not have been you know on point. Sure. Um, yeah. Although I've rewatched Back to the Future two since, and it used to be my favourite of the Back to the Futures. It's not anymore, just because yeah. of that first twenty minutes. It, it sort of does something, but I still I'm still able to look past it. Yeah. And I think with Sam because I think or Sam's dad because I think he does enough acting wise and I think you mentioned that he was Emmy nominated yes well he was Emmy nominated um, like multiple seasons but I do think that this was the episode that was used for consideration and it got him an Emmy nomination it got makeup actually won for makeup Uh, it got a Writers Guild nomination for Donald Belisario I'm I'm sure there are probably a couple of others Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think that I don't know that Dean Stockwell was nominated no. this season. And I think, I don't know if it was an Emmy, but it was nominated for for some sort of cine, cinematography award for the, the camera stuff that they did with right. Scott Bakula playing. Yeah. yeah. And, we, you know, because back to the future, what, what year did this come out? It was 90, this is 1990. Yeah. So this was literally one year after Back to the Future 2. So it was at that time when they were doing that kind of like, you know, side-by-side frame. Or, or sure, or, yeah. So it, it was exciting to me as a kid. Yeah, Watching yeah. it now, if I watched it now for the first time, yeah. I'd probably be the same way. I just, I it led me to have a lot of questions. Well, first I was like, wow, that guy looks a lot like, you know, that's <laughs> someone who looks really close. And then yeah. the more I thought, I was like, oh, it's him. Yeah, <laughs> I, know. I don't know why, it just like, felt like a weird yeah. choice. And, and then it made me think, like, oh, is it going to be some weird thing where, like, this he's still time-traveling, and now he's an old man, and, like, he's come... and. Both him as younger and him as older both come to the same point, and like we're gonna find out that like it's not his dad, it's him, and like is he his oh, own dad? Sometimes you can overthink time travel. <laughs> yes, 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 it yeah, it makes sense. Right? Yeah, it, it, uh, it, yes, that it doesn't. But well, one of the things that I that I find very interesting uh, about it, and, and I and I thought this again, and you know I'm more than open to the fact that this could be because I am so attached to the episode and emotionally invested in it and yeah. that my earliest memories are from you know being a nine-year-old boy watching this. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't bother me. I still think it does hold up. And I think part of the reason why it holds up is makeup aside, as I'm watching it, I never thought to myself, it's the same guy playing both. Right. Like, I know that. I know that it is. But just his... He, I mean, what he does with his voice, the way that he's walking, the way that, you know, he really does transform himself aside from the makeup. He's not Sam Beckett. You don't, mm-hmm. yeah, I right. don't get Sam Beckett from that character, which is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I definitely think that as well. But one thing I, I, I would be interested in, I'm sure you already have the answers to this. <laughs> now, when he calls his dad earlier, now it's yeah. a, it's a different actor. It is. So, yeah. What became of that actor? Could, did he die? Did they, did, I, I don't did know. From, from and this is information from Matt Dale's book. Scott Bakula made the push, like he wanted to play. Did he? Okay. this role? Huh. So why didn't he also play the mirror image younger version of himself? Well, well <laughs> I mean, I, if you're gonna do a weird choice, like play probably, your older self, I think is it easier to make up 
toward an older person yeah, than is to, to so. for sure. Especially well, 16. Especially after her charm, which we named yeah. checked earlier, there's a photograph of Sam with Professor Of, of college age oh, yeah. Sam, and it's and clearly it's Scott Bakula with his hair <laughs> scruffed from the room. But they seem to do okay with Dean Stockwell, although I think they use actual old photos they of Dean do. Stockwell. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. because in MIA, oh, you know what, and, and this is a great opportunity to mention this, so Russell Knight reached out to us on Facebook and asked about the, the photograph that was provided, and, and sure. he did mention that you know, we he, we gave him an answer that was satisfactory within the episode as he was listening to it. But he was curious about where the photograph came from, mm-hmm. you know, and Roddy McDowell, you know, why would that be the person that would have it? Mm. Uh, but he and Dean Stockwell were friends yeah. going back to like the 60s. They were both sure. child actors. They both, you know, kind of came up together in a lot of ways. And then funny enough, and, and I don't have the details on this, but we did talk about it last time in the season four finale mm-hmm. um, uh, Leap for Lisa Roddy McDowell for a time actually replaces Dean Stockwell as the observer That's right. because of the consequences of that episode internally so it is interesting the fact that you know, someone like that is, yeah. is intertwined with the show in multiple ways. Yeah. Um, but the photograph is an actual period photograph of oh, Dean, Stockwell. Dean yeah. Stockwell and then we get another Parent yeah. photograph of Dean Stockwell. We might get to that yeah. at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so yeah, the, the yeah when Betsy saw the makeup job last night, she did not think much of it. And it's funny because like after we watched these two episodes last night as a palate cleanser, we watched an episode of Cheers huh. where they had much of the cast in old age makeup huh. in one segment, and she felt like the Cheers episode did a better job with the makeup than this episode did. I disagree on that, mm. but that, that was her impression. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a tough trick to pull off. It I mean, is. You know, you, you watch yeah. uh, Milos Forman's Amadeus now, and Salieri, you, you can see its makeup. You can sure, tell, absolutely. But, yeah, but it's also interesting now because we know, and this just occurred to me now as we're talking about it, we know what Scott Bakula looks like at yes. John Beckett's age. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Oh, good point. Yeah. Very true. He ages a lot better. Yes, <laughs> and also, because like, the episode of Cheers that we watched, uh, Shelley Long is one of the actors in old age makeup. Mm-hmm. And just the other night, we saw an episode of Modern Family that she was in because she plays one of the characters' mom. They're like, oh, oh. They were really off of what Shelley Long ended up looking like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, that's always such a strange, strange thing. And as somebody that that had to do old age makeup in college a couple of times, because mm-hmm. you know I got cast in older roles more than once, it's it's just it's never good. I don't right. care what anybody says. Like even if you win an Emmy for it, like they did in this, it's just not ever going yeah. to be. But I think that the thing, you know, one of the things that you do get that artistic license with is the idea that it's not supposed to be Scott Bakula at 60, you know, it's not supposed to be I mean, sure. in his yeah. 50s actually, it's not supposed to be, you know, Shelley Long, you know what I mean like it's, yeah. like it's this character and this is how they're going to age and, you know, who knows how many nips and tucks or, you know, beers they're going to drink in the meantime, but yeah, <laughs> absolutely, and this is, this not is that Scott of... Bakula has had any, I'm not talking about him, yeah. that dude is just in great shape, for sure yeah, yeah. yeah, but, yeah but, I mean, this is, this is kind of a tangent but, uh, the the revival of Roseanne recently mm-hmm. started. And one of the critiques that I read of it that was really a really good point that I haven't thought of is that it's jarring in that these characters have aged so well. Oh, yeah. 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 Physically, they've aged well. And you know if they were actual blue-collar family in Indiana, 
they would not have aged yeah. that well. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, that is interesting. Uh, I did want to just add real quick that uh, Newell Alexander is the name of the gentleman who played John Beckett in Genesis. Mm. Uh, he's actually still with us. Uh, yeah. 83 years old. 82, sorry. Yeah. 83 in September. Mm. Um, but uh, a lot of work. I, I mean, we'll let me get his thoughts of getting bumped out. God damn it. Right? <laughs> his most recent credit is actually in 2017, and he's doing a show... Uh, a pilot right now of some kind of wonderful for TV show that can't be based on the film, can it? No. Okay. Anyway, um, so so yeah, he's still around, still working today. Um, but yeah, was pushed out by Scott Bakula's desire to play his own father. So. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. But anyway, so we get this great scene we do. Uh, that I'm talking about, and we we get the fact that uh, that Sam likes to uh, stay around after school to you know, do some extra basketball practice and that means he cuts back on his chores a little bit. We get some discussion about Tom and Tom was all history. Yeah. There's some really nice moments too where Sam is remembering things, which is yeah. great because we don't often find that usually he has trouble remembering anything. But yeah. now here being in this familiar setting, he's remembering things in the moment and making those discoveries. Tom was all state. And his dad's reacting to what he's saying, even though he's not really feeding into the conversation. It's sure. Because it's been a while, I feel like, since we really had one of those, like, sort of three-way conversations where, like, Sam and Al are talking, and the other characters reacting as though Sam's talking to them, sure. and, you know, yeah. vice versa. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty nice. Uh, and then we also get introduced to Sam's sister, Katie. Sure. Uh, who's played by Olivia Burnett, who most people will recognize just from last season's Another Mother, mm-hmm. uh, where she played Susan. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's clear why they brought her back. She's great. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's all I have to yeah. say about that. Before we see her, we get this great moment of, of, uh, John Beckett makes a comment about how everybody, we're all getting old and mm-hmm. Sam's like, you, you don't look old just the way, you know, you look just the way I remember you. What? what? Since you left for school this morning? Yeah. 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 This last little touch. Uh, and yeah. then I love you, dad. And you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the hug and everything. Um, and it's just because you get the sense that, you know, John Beckett was, kind of old school, maybe a slightly stern, but he still says, I love you too. Like he's not, sure. he's not that guy that is so ultra distant from his family. And like, there's still a warmth there, which is, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, Interesting technical note. And I've noticed this before is they were clearly, I mean, they weren't shooting on a set. They were in some kind of, they were shooting like outside, like an actual like barn somewhere. And it looked like when you get the shots just of John Beckett, it looks like it's nighttime. Mm. Mm. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. Probably it took them a really long time to shoot this. They had to get Scott Bakula in age makeup. And they did a good job of masking the background and the fact that by the time they mm-hmm. got around to shooting that side of the scene, it was nighttime. Well, Interesting. you know, one could certainly argue if he stays late after practice, like it's probably got to be like about... No, but, clearly, on the, but on the other side, when Katie walks in, it's yeah. obviously daylight out on that side of the barn. Yeah. But on the opposite side of the barn... Well, or anyway, perhaps <laughs> darkness isn't so harsh on the makeup. I mean, right. Yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's uh, that's um, a very good point. But anyway, yeah. So, so yeah, Katie, Katie comes in. We get introduced to her. And yeah, and she's uh, they're they're talking about uh, the fact that Katie wants Tom's yeah. room, and you know she's adamant that Sam can't have it. Uh, and of course, John's like, just let him have it until he goes away to school uh, in the fall, which is reinforces the fact that Sam at sixteen is going to college. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, he's he's our boy genius. Yeah. Um, and Sam, of course, just ecstatic over seeing his sister is sort of like, you can have anything you want because you're my little, little sister. sister. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and then we get dinner. Yeah. Sam going to town. Yeah. 
like me on a Saturday night, just you know, <laughs> <laughs> just got a confirmation this, on that devouring this meal. <laughs> <laughs> Very um, and uh, and it's great because his entire family's just staring at him, like right. you know what. Is, you know, it's like, it's all very good. Um, yeah. It's a cute scene. We get Al's first appearance. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, clearly Sam is eager to, to talk to Al. Um, but before that, there's a conversation about the basketball game coming mm-hmm. up. Yeah. No-Nos Pruitt. Yeah. Sam accidentally lets it slip about how he knows they're going to lose because playing man-to-man versus zone. Yeah. We get introduced to, to No-Nos. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't the poor boy have a nose? Yeah. <laughs> the tip of a cut off in a repeat yeah. accident. <laughs> Not a pretty sight. Not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's great because one of the things that's most important to this episode is that sense of family and, and those connections. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of going back to what you were saying earlier, Lawrence, about having that ability to go back and revisit this, mm-hmm. that, 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 time in in our lives there there are always moments even if you come from a not so great family background it's like everybody has that moment you know when you're sitting around the dinner table and you're you know you have that sense of family that's so Mm -hmm. important and it's reinforced really well here it is and it's very interesting because in fact you know when i first watched this episode there was a moment not in my past but in my future that uh obviously hadn't happened yet (laughs) which was i would one day go on to live and meet you in indiana the state of indiana not in elkridge uh fictional town (laughs) i understand although every time we pass by elkhart uh, right yeah i do have to make a reference here and there um, but but the sense of family seems to be something that's particularly strong in that part of the world in the in the Midwest. The yeah. um, what do they call it? The breadbasket. Breadbasket. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I just want to make note about this scene. Katie has a line where she mentions like, "Hey, you're going to take Lisa after the game. Hey, did you hear what happened? Yeah. Lisa asked Sam if she want, if he wanted to go to the dance, and he ran away. This just happened." Right. How quickly does word get around? Like it's a small town. Like <laughs> he ran from the field down to the porch, out to the barn, <laughs> back into the house, and in that time, yeah, I don't know, word got stories, around. They can get gossip pretty quickly. Right. Yeah, yeah. But, but the thing that's so fantastic about that moment, in my opinion, is mm-hmm. Sam's reaction to it. Oh yeah. He's, oh god. Yeah. So because it's not like it's not the thirty-six-year-old man who's leaping around in time, going like kidding me like it happened 30 years ago it's it's 16 year old Sam like oh god he, yeah like he's, he's so embarrassed like, yeah yeah, yeah. Like, and he's running away I know at one point, and yes. he's like flailing I'm like oh my god I was thinking that <laughs> he today he reverted back to his old self I always think that yeah when he I'm sure we'll get to this when he yeah he does the run away <laughs> yeah and then, and then the, the, the sort of dramatic music he's running through the cornfield <laughs> you know um that it, it until you stop and think there is there isn't a, a a portion of him in here that really feels that 16 year old self yeah. until you stop and do that it does look very interestingly odd yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but then like I say Al comes in um, and, and Al is uh, you could just tell Dean Stockwell does an incredible job in this episode yes. and, and the thing that's so remarkable about that is he doesn't have a lot to say yeah. there's a lot of these scenes where he's silent for the bulk of them but sure. it's so good yeah um, there's almost an, an understatement uh, from him in this, this episode yeah uh, which I think helps yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, coming off of MIA, yeah, yeah, you can read a lot into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's we'll talk more about this, but if you do look at the arc of MIA, Leap Home Part One, Leap Home Part Two, 
And clearly, you know, the focus is going to be on Sam for the bulk of that. He's, you know, he's kind of our viewpoint character for the bulk of these episodes. But the the journey that Al's character goes on, and more importantly, the viewer's relationship with Al and who Al is, is quite remarkable. I, I mean, I'm getting kind of overwhelmed even just thinking about it right now. When you get to the end of Leap Home Part 2, sure. yeah. compared to the guy that we meet towards the beginning of MIA, it's mm-hmm. really quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's face it, for a guy who'd been acting professionally for over 40 years at that point, I have no doubt that he knew, whether the writers knew or the directors knew, that he knew exactly what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Um, but he comes in and there's just this look on his face where he's clearly happy for his friend to get this. Mm-hmm. But there's also a little bit of sort of like, all right, we need to talk because this well, is going to be weird. Well, not having seen MIA and you Shame. just giving me a very <laughs> brief summary, I thought his, it would be interesting to see it because I definitely was only getting a piece of that arc and it made me feel like, from what I understand about MIA's, MIA Sam was like, no, you can't change anything. It's too bad, so sad. And here, like, immediately Sam's like, we're changing everything! Yeah. And I would be like, you know what, sir? Like, I don't <laughs> 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 no. like, This is not happening. And yeah. he seemed not, like, as angry as I feel like I would be. And so I thought, I don't know, there did seem, it's it felt like something was missing based off of your summary. Like, I didn't quite understand why he would go along with Sam's... I mean, he does try to dissuade him a little bit, but not as much as it feels like Sam dissuaded him from doing whatever happened in the last episode. Sure. Mm. Yeah, I think... So, that's a perfect segue, actually, into the next scene. So, you know, Sam excuses himself. There's this joke about the peach cobbler and about, you know, his sister and dad not saving him a piece. Yeah. And, and like, that's another moment will. where we get a little bit of 16-year-old Sam. Without a doubt. Of, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but then he excuses himself. He goes out to the bar to finish up the chores. Al obviously goes with him and you know, there's this moment of elation where it's like, I'm home, you know, I'm yeah. home, I'm I will 16, say, my I will dad's say, alive. Yeah, I do want to make a note, as we transition to that scene, we get a line from Al, uh, the mind of a mature man and the persona oh, of a 16-year-old yeah. at the height of his sexual powers, the possibilities are mind-boggling. When I was an 11-year-old kid, that didn't strike me as creepy as all. <laughs> and like, you know, watching it through like the you know, 2018 sensibility, I'm like, oh, yeah. and this, this is yet another instance of Al encouraging Sam to have sex with underage. Yeah. And it, it is not the only instance in this episode no. of Al yeah. Yeah. a bit of a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But, you know, but, you know, at the, at the time say, in 1990, we didn't talk. Yeah. That's yeah. right. The conversation yeah. didn't exist in the same way. Mm-hmm. So, so to contrast that creepy, skeevy Al sure. moment with a tender, warm Al moment is that, you know, after Sam has this moment of elation, like Al just, and again, Stockwell's delivery is so perfect with the, I know, kid, I know. It's yeah. just like this great sort of like, you know, yes, I'm so happy for you too. This is amazing. This is a wonderful opportunity for you. Pump the brakes though, because you're just here to win a basketball game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so this is the only time in all of Quantum Leap we get an instance where Sam is not there to right or wrong. He is there. Mm. He is there to do something, and Ziggy thinks if you do this, this is the projected outcome. Sure. Yeah. That yeah. The, the, by changing this thing, it's going to help these other. For sure. People. I mean, typically it's always there. Sam is there to fix something because it was a detriment that this happened. Right. Mm-hmm. This is 
if you win this basketball game, all of a sudden these people who had average lives will go on to have Be doctors, more accomplished <laughs> lives. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting because obviously one of the things that's brought up um, in a couple of different places, I know it's on the, the wiki, uh, is that it's easy to think about the good things that will happen for Elkridge Cougars yeah. alum. But what about those poor Bentley Bill boys? Right. Yes. You know, yeah. do, they, do they get their scholarships? They weren't all It's like the Nazis. They weren't all Hitler. There's probably somebody in there that is, it could be a, a good, upstanding you know, human sure. being. Sure. And, and then we would never know. Because, I know. Yeah, now that you guys have brought this up, I'm just struggled. Is Bentleyville a genuine place? I've never looked I it up. Don't I don't so, think so, actually. Yeah. I would be shocked if it was, to be honest with you, just because, you know, again, Elkridge is made up. Um, But, well, it is in Pennsylvania and Ohio. Okay. Um, But uh, is it in Indiana? Let's find out here. What will Google tell us? Um, But to get to the nuts and the bolts. No, there's a Bentleyville in Minnesota as well, but not in Indiana. Anyway. So, like, the real nuts and bolts of the scene is that... Uh, we felt like this is basically the last Thanksgiving that Sam's family has together before yes. it starts to fall apart. Because Tom's going to come home. Yeah. And he's going to die the next spring in Vietnam. Uh, his dad is going to die of coronary in three years. 72, yeah. 72. And then Katie is going to elope with Chuck. Chuck. Somebody. Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and who's going to be an abusive alcoholic. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not going to be so great. Um and of course, Sam is very adamant about the fact that he's here to change all of those things. Yeah, um, and that he feels as though he's being rewarded. Yeah, um, with all of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Such an egotistical line. Well, yeah. but I'm going to argue that, and here's why: he spent the better part of two years sure. helping people, making mm-hmm. things right, doing all this. Now. I think that there's clearly an altruistic streak to this character. He is a Boy Scout. They call him a sure. Boy Scout in this episode. But at some point in time, being ripped away from you know your friends, your family, everything that's important to you, and then being back in this situation and sure. not wanting to change it and not feeling as though this is a reward, like, come on. Yeah. Like, sure. Is he really being that selfish here? Is he really being that egotistical and that bad? Like... Sure. From our from 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 his point of view, mm-hmm. it's like his only you know it's Al is all he has, mm-hmm. and now here he's in this moment. Like, of course he's going to want to make all these things yeah. right. Sure, yeah. And it goes back to that that thing we were saying about how anyone would want to be able to go back in time and and change a thing that happened, even if you have to in this circumstance remove the emotion from the scientist. Yeah, um, you know, he's got numerous doctors. What six? Yeah. There's an inconsistency. Right? Six yeah. or seven, yeah. yeah. It fluctuates. It does, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, somebody that... Uh, the scientists I've known tried to <laughs> approach things not from an emotional standpoint, but a logical one. And there are occasions, obviously, in Quantum Leap where that goes out the window. This, you can, you could understand it, I think, from that kind of... That point of view of, if I was in his shoes, I'd do it. Even if it's completely contradicting... What he said to Al in MIA. Absolutely. Sure. Like his his memory got Swiss cheesed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he doesn't remember that. We do get a reference. We do get confirmation that 
Al did not save his marriage because there's a yes. little hit of hope right left because at the end of MIA and when she says yeah. Al yeah, yeah. And, and, and so we do get the clarification that Al did come home to an empty house she's still married when, that nozzle yeah. head of a yeah. lawyer yeah yeah yeah. And, and so Al makes a line like you know it wasn't meant to be but I think that well, going back real quick I do want to piggyback on what you just said it is interesting that it's clear based off of his reaction that Sam does not remember Beth yeah at all because when Al mentions her he's like Beth yeah, and then there's like a vague memory, maybe. Kinda, but yeah. yeah, I think it kind of comes back to him a little bit because then he's like very adamant. He's like, "This is different." Yeah, um, and he's like, "How is this different?" The only difference is this is you, and and he's like, "Yeah, I'm the exactly. one who's been doing you know all the work basically," uh, and it. You know, there's this moment where they basically state the entire premise of the series and almost quote the saga cell. I'm yeah. the one who's been leaping around a time. You know, yeah. time or well, like, Al and, actually you know. has a line, with luck, one of these leaps might, might be, be your leap home. home. Take yeah. a drink. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, but it's done in such a wonderful way mm-hmm. because it's like, it could be seen as expository. It could be seen as like, well, it's the new season. We might get some new viewers. We better sure. comment on what the hell's going on. Sure. But it's done in such a wonderful way that there's tension to the scene. There's, there's like it's dramatically necessary. It's not just there to say like, this is what the show is about, yeah. uh, which, which is great. So I, I love the way that it's, it's handled in that. And clearly Sam's very emotional here. And at this point he's just like, I don't care. This is what I'm here to do. Screw it. I'm going to go do it. Sure. Yeah. 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 I didn't mean for that to rhyme. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well done anyway. <laughs> uh, so we get next scene. Yeah. Breakfast. Next morning yeah. at breakfast. Uh, John Beckett is stumbling around looking for his lucky strikes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyone had a lucky strike before? No. I've, I've heard horrible things. Yeah. So during my misspent youth where I did smoke cigarettes for a brief moment, I had a summer where I thought that if I was going to smoke, I might as well smoke non-filtered cigarettes. And, uh, so I had maybe about four of them. And then just threw the rest of the pack away. Yeah. Oh, God, it's awful. Like, whew, how anybody in, like, the 20s and 30s and 40s who smoked those things, like, on the reg made it past their 30s, I will never know. I mean, some of them didn't, but, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. man, they are something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One cigarette. Um, well, I, I should preface that by saying that I've, I've done the whole... Smoking a cigarette while heavily drunk thing sure. to, to sort of you know, fit in with the people around me. But only one time did I do it sober uh, for this outdoor uh, theatrical experience. Um, <laughs> not a good experience, uh, as it turns out, because this one drag was enough to say, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. You know, um, so how, how John Beckett uh, did it for as long as he did it, I don't know. Or anyone. In fact, right, yeah. Mm. Just say no to smoking, folks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if we do nothing else for this podcast, this episode is brought to you by the Truth Campaign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do see those ads a lot on USA. Yeah. And, Ooh, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. That's Cigarettes. My VHS copy yeah. of this episode came from. Yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, really nice LaCroix. Uh, we should probably mention that. Oh, you're yes. right. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Our sponsors at LaCroix, we <laughs> yeah. wish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we are all indeed sipping For sure. a, a refreshing pomplamoose. LaCroix. It's what gentrification tastes like. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not my original joke. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
So, speaking of non-gentrified, uh, Sam is sitting at the kitchen table with a pitcher of skim milk, mm-hmm. some raisin bran. Yeah. He's made decaffeinated coffee. Old. Um, old, yeah. Old decaffeinated coffee. grandma died. Yeah. 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 Um, Tastes like it. Yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. John is none too happy about all this. He wants no. eggs, bacon, toast. Caffeinated coffee and a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And a cigarette. With regular coffee. Yeah. Well, and he even has this line at one point where he's like, cigarette helps get my heart started. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, oh, John. I mean, this, yeah, this, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. Yeah. this one scene, this one scene, this is like, all right, I buy Scott Bakula playing John Beckett. Like, yeah, he earns yeah. his, his, I hope he got a second paycheck. He earns a second <laughs> paycheck yeah. in this scene. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, and it's great too because, you know, thinking about it logistically and the fact that, Scott Bakula as Sam is doing all of this. Yeah. And then Scott Bakula as John is doing all of this. Yeah. And then it's, you know, combined, whether it's through editing or, yeah. you know, well, then you, together well, or whatnot. And then, of course, you, yeah, you add in Thelma at Kate, one point Thelma, as well. yeah. Because uh, they're talking Kate. across the table. Yeah. I mean, it's really kind of, the, just technically, the requirements of it. Yeah. And then you think about, as an actor, yeah. performing that. And the way that it is really seamless. Yeah. There's not the, like, I don't ever watch it and think to myself, oh, he's not talking to anybody. Oh, sure. Like, I always yeah. feel like Scott Bakula is Sam talking is talking yeah. to, the, you know. There is a moment, I mean, there, there is a moment where we, we're, we're focusing on Sam and we have a shot of, of John Beckett leaning on his hand and then we cut to him moving his hand away ah. and then when we cut back, it's, right. back, it's back here sure. suddenly. Yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. there's some of that in there, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it is mostly seamless. You're right. Yeah. Um, you know, it was this very scene where I, I learned for the first time what a damn healthy American was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Until then, I just I went with Muhammad Ali, uh, but then I saw John Beckett. Like he is as healthy as as an American can, can be, be like, and that is damn, damn healthy. healthy. I love. I also wrote down the line: I work hard, I sleep good, and I eat dairy products. Yeah. Man can thrive on whole milk. Yeah. Not just survive, but thrive. thrive. Yes. Is yeah. that tr- that can't be true. That- <sighs> no, I don't think so. Think I, I want to take some screenshots and make some memes out of, out of this <laughs> scene. <laughs> yeah. Without a doubt. Oh, yeah. John Beckett. He's one for the ages. And it is interesting because I, we're not going to get overly political here, but I'm going to say this. There's something about the way that he sees what an American is supposed oh, to yeah. be yeah. that is absolutely hits on a certain nerve that I think yeah. is yeah. prevalent in today's America. Yeah. And it's that's the picture that some people have in their minds. And let's face it, it's undercut in this episode by the fact that it's completely unhealthy. Right. Yes. <laughs> yep. so, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take that for what you will. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so on the flip side of this scene, we have Kate coming in mm-hmm. wearing a make love, not war shirt, which we talked about during MIA. Yeah. We see that phrase pop up in that episode. So that's right. interesting. You know, and it's worth noting that all three of the episodes, MIA, Leap Home Part 1 and Part 2, take place in the span of about 12 months. Uh-huh. So, uh, in a few days, because yeah. MIA is April 1st to like April 3rd or something like that. This is November 25th to the 28th. And then, um, the next one is April 7th to April 9th, 1970. So it's 1969 to 1970. We get this whole year and it's chronological, which we don't get very often in the show. Uh, so I, I find that kind of interesting. And the fact that there are a lot of elements besides the story and the plot that tie together, including, like you're saying, Dennis, the make love, not war sign, Mm -hmm. you know, Vietnam looms 
heavily over, you know, all three of these episodes. I mean, it's literally episode three, basically, Leap Home Part 2. So I think that, yeah, there's just so much... Uh, that, that ties these together artistically. Sure. That, that, that it, 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 I don't know. There's something about it that feels like they've kind of stepped it up a notch. Right. Um, which I appreciate. You said sure. a couple of episodes ago, maybe it was MIA, I, I forget now, but um, that they were probably building thematically towards this this portion of it, this area. Yeah, if without a doubt. Because there's, there's talk even about... Um, uh, it, it, Sam mentioned something about going home at one point and about how nice it would be to go home. And um, the, the, yeah, there's definitely a couple of hints I feel like in the episodes before MIA that lead up to it. Sure, um, it is worth noting. I want to say, uh, as far as like, if, are there any leaps that come between MIA, the Leap Home Part One, and the oh, Leap Home Part yes. Two? Uh, so after MIA, Up Against the Stone Wall, which is one of the comics, yep. Hurricane, which is a season four episode, mm-hmm. the plays the thing, a season four episode. And then the Leap Home Part 1, the Leap Home Part 2. There nice. is no leap between the two. That's very interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, that's... Hmm. All right. Well, anyway, yeah. uh, Hurricane's actually a pretty damn good episode. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Stock footage galore. Yeah, anyway. well... Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to get that in the next episode, too. But anyway, yeah. there. yeah, so there's this great moment where uh, Thelma is like, take that shirt off right now. You know, you're not going mm-hmm. to school in that shirt. Um, and, and, of course, she... Uh, Katie, I can't remember the friend now that she mentions. She mentions a friend... Like gave it to her or something like that, and, yeah. and at this point, Katie's totally dressed up like the hippie. She's got the headband. She's, you know, sure. Um, and, and, and it's great to note, like, while Sam and John are having this conversation across the table, yeah. Katie and Thelma are also having this conversation across yeah. the, mm-hmm. the table. Yeah, yeah. It feels this episode, in a lot of ways, has moments that feel very theatrical. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking that, and that that sort of like cross table, that crossroads across the table conversation style was very similar to uh, what I experienced at my in-laws when I moved here. I know what it's like. Yeah. Um, But but at no point did you go, oh, I've lost all the information there because it was overlapping. It was kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, pretty easy to, to know what was going on. Sure. Yeah, without a doubt, and I think that we, we so the the conversation between Sam and John is clearly about the diet and how he needs to change his diet so that yeah. he can live longer. At this point, John gets very ex- upset, says he's going into town, buy some cigarettes, asks if you know, do you need anything, mother? And and then, cranberry sauce, you know, yeah, the whole kind, yeah, two cans, two cans. See, um, when he called him her mother, I was like, oh, see, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, he slipped up. She's on to something. Um, <laughs> that is awesome. Gross. Uh, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he leaves, and, and at this point, um, you know, Thelma says to Sam, and it's like, that was a horrible thing to do, and that's when Katie gives the information that Grandpa Beckett died at 57. Um, yeah. So the Beckett men don't seem to live very long. Yeah. Um, so so to, before we move on to the next thing, yeah. to, put, to put a little... Uh, uh, whatever the opposite word of levity is, which I can't think of right now. Because we were talking about before we hit record, we've all lost parents. Yes. yes. No, my, well, you lost parents, your but my, fa- my father-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, both of my parents passed away due to health issues, basically not living a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like watching this scene, like as older, like as an adult now, it's like you think about like, if, you, if I had a chance to go back, like what would I try to do to... Yeah intervene with my parents' lifestyle, but also do it in such an ineffective, 
beat you over the head way that Sam is doing it. Yeah, what? that's that's what I was going to say because I, I watched this episode, rewatched this episode for the hundred sixty ninth time <laughs> in the laundry room earlier on today. And um, while I was doing it, I was very conscious of the fact that I was about to, you know, um, start crying in front of everybody. So I, I held back a little bit, but I had the same thought. I thought if I could go back. Could I change it? And I don't think I could. Oh. I think that Jeff, my father-in-law, had a very stubborn way about him. Mm. You know, it was almost commendable how stubborn he was at times, but very much with his health and with cigarettes. Although I will say he did give up smoking mm. a few years ago, but I, you still wonder how much that played into it, you know, yeah. um, at the end. And he was, he was very much like the character of John Beckett. He was that stubborn... Guy had the old old way about him, you know, and but it was very much about family, very much about hard work ethic, uh, but was not unfortunately very much about uh, eating particularly well and yeah. uh, taking care of himself. So this episode has never resonated with me more than it did today in the laundromat. Which is a sentence I never thought I'd say. <laughs> that, is, that is a tweetable. We have to remember that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's a very good point because I think about that. You know, I lost my mother um, when I was 20, about almost the same age as when Sam will lose his father. Uh, and I can't even begin to tell you the number of times I've thought about that same thing, you know, what would I have done? I, I know the things that I would do. Like, I could tell you right now the things that I would try to do, but w would they be successful at all is, mm -hmm. is another question entirely. Um, and, and it's something that, uh, I, I think, I, I, I feel guilty in certain ways um, that, that I probably shouldn't. Um, but not quite, I think, in the same way that Sam does, because I think that that's the interesting thing that's not explored a whole lot within the episode, but certainly comes across, is that Sam feels guilty that he wasn't able to do it, but I think that Sam wouldn't have had the tools until later in his life, for sure. you know, to, to, to be able to do that. Um, and, 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 and certainly as he's trying to use those tools now, talking like a doctor, which is, you know, his mommy mm -hmm. points out at one point, he's going to be a doctor, uh, and, 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 you know, trying to kind of scare his dad straight almost, you know, uh, and it not working and being ineffectual. Um, but then his mom saying that thing about like, you know, I'll try to cut out fat and, and he's yeah. like, that's all I'm asking. You know, thank you. And then, again, there's, there's so much emotional investment, you know, from Scott Bakula in, in, in like every scene and yet not done in a way that feels overbearing right. or no. that, it, that you, you start to just lose interest because everything is played way up here. It's, you know, it's not that at all. Um, but he's just so emotionally invested and it, and it helps to carry the episode in a lot of ways. We get this great, scene that's actually cut in syndication sure, yeah. um, between Sam and Al in the hallway, Al telling him that he's got to go to back to basketball practice, Sam saying he doesn't yeah. want to go to basketball <laughs> right. practice, um, and it's very funny, but it also has some really, really nice moments, and um, there's this great, great line where he's like, Al, I'm going to save them, and, and Al even responds like, I hope so. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, you basketball can, practice. Right, and, and it's like, it feels like a dream, and he's like, well, you better enjoy it before you wake up. And then Sam says this thing about how he doesn't want to leap and, uh, you know, in reference to not wanting to play the basketball game. And that's when Al basically points out, like, if you're so sure that you're here to save your family, why are you worried about winning the basketball game? Yeah. yeah. Why are you worried about leaping if you win the game? Yeah. And it's yeah. this great moment where, like, you know, Sam kind of takes a pause and then yeah. he goes out the door and he leaves. And, yeah. and it's, it's just really well done. And the fact that it 
got cut in syndication. It's just like, ah. Uh, kind of, yeah, yeah. In this episode, you just, like, seeing this whole, because there's another little bit that gets cut as well later on, and it's like seeing the cuts integrated, reiterate, because sure. honestly, I don't think I'd seen this episode in this way in a long time. It, it makes you just think, if ever an episode could not suffer cuts. It feels like this episode should not have suffered any cuts. Yeah. Right. I will say this is, this is the scene where we get a brief glimpse of Scott Bakula in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a, there's one shot where he, like he's looking back towards the kitchen and when he turns around to look at Al at one moment, you actually see Scott Bakula in the mirror on the wall. Interesting. Just for, yeah. In viewing 89. And I've <laughs> since forgotten about it. Yeah. Do you have your leap home journal here? <laughs> Surprise. Like, left it in England. Like, oh, oh, no. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, after he walks out the door, uh, we cut to the basketball practice. Sure. And uh, as Jessica remarked, they're very sweaty. Um, they are, yeah. Dripping. I mean, he was, like, way older than them, so maybe... He was, I don't know, I kind of thought it was funny that, like, this old guy would be coming in to help them, like, win the basketball team. Like, they're that old. Yeah, but he's, like, when was the, even if you were a champion basketball player back in the day, now you're, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years later, are you really going to be, like, on your form anymore with a bunch of teenagers? That's a fair point. Well, in theory, maybe he's, but then again, I suppose... Uh, where he's leapt into doesn't recognize this fact, but he's probably a bit taller, mm. a bit more muscular now. Yeah, as an adult. that could be. I thought about that. I, I don't know that. Do, does his surroundings like account for that, or because or, I mean, he Scott Bakula is a stronger human. Yeah. Um, throwing anyway. I mean, I'm sure we can get to that later on, but it, it is something to think about. It is. You know, it's worth, it's actually, I think it's worth exploiting a little bit right now because I I go back and forth on this. We, you know, Don Belisario has stated that when Sam leaps, it is his body that leaps. Um, You know, there's the famous episode, Nowhere to Run, where he literally is playing a legless vet and he's able Mm. to stand up. Of course. um, Because he's there. It's problematic for a few reasons, of course, because then you start to think it's like, well, you know, if he can stand like that, then why didn't anybody ever feel his legs before? Why don't his legs create like a, you know, a bump in the blanket or, you know, all sorts of things. In this instance, like you say, if he's taller, if he's, what happens when somebody hugs him? Like, are they like, you know, not really, like, is there space between them and the the body that they're seeing? It's, Mm -hmm. it it does create some issues. (laughs) Um... But in the you know in the interest I think of the basketball stuff, I, I, I would say, I would say yes. That you're right that he's going to be physically he's going to be stronger than you know the other teenagers, and that I think that he's clearly kept himself in good shape. Yeah. Um, so I have a feeling that that while Jess, you raise a good point about whether or not he's still a skilled basketball player, that I think physically he's probably going to be. More fit than these kids. He's not thirty, I guess. Thirty-six, okay. thirty-seven. Yeah. Um, no, actually, that's not true. Actually, he's forty-two. He'd be 42. Yeah. yeah, because I mean, a forty-year-old against like a sixteen-year-old. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. But it's yeah. It's I think Sam. it explains why he's so sweaty. <laughs> yeah, he's trying so to be Did anyone Sweat notice side. that the other characters were sweaty? I they just, were all yeah, yeah, sure. sweaty. Yeah. 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 Well, that Later. coach really pushes them. I mean, he does. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Um, we get so we get this scene in basketball practice, and he, you know the coach is not impressed. Uh, although at one point Sam's very excited, and he and Sibby are you know 
giving each other high fives and everything. Yeah. And it's like, when you're through playing patty cake, and like your butts over here. Uh, yeah. yeah. And the cheerleaders, of course, are there as well, and they're giggling and laughing. And Lisa's making eyes at Sam. Um, they're over on the bench, uh, getting a talking to from the coach. We get another comment from Al. Yes. Yes. This yeah, that comes later on about. I think this is. Yeah, I don't think it's quite yet. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, first, yeah, we we we, we talk about. Uh, the coach reinforces how scary and intimidating no-nos is. So, yeah, so what am I going to do? I'm going to get you somebody who's even scarier, more intimidating. Here comes Kong. Yeah. Out walks this, you know... It's funny because in my mind, I I pictured him as not being quite as imposing, but the truth is, is when he comes out, especially, like, if you look at how muscled his arms are and everything, it's like... Oh no, he's kind. He is kind of imposing looking. Well, you know? he is that difference between sixteen and nineteen or whatever. Yes, yeah. you're the age. Excellent that, point. That person looks really mature. Or yeah. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Yeah. Is the gorilla mask a little anachronistic? It looks oh, too. God, it no looks idea. too modern for 1969. Good question. Um, well, it's funny you should say that because every time I see it, even though he's a, a Kong-like character, I think of Teen Wolf. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Which yeah. <laughs> is kind of off that time when it was made. So, no, if, Coach, there's a Teen Wolf. Yeah. Teen Wolf on the yeah. court. Yeah, mm-hmm. and in fact, it's not the only sort of allusion to Teen Wolf it's in this It's really episode, not, so, actually. Yeah. Uh, there is a, I, I, I got it in my notes somewhere. There's another, there is an actor Teen Wolf connection later on, and I don't oh, know if I want to part two, huh. but we'll come to that, back to that. Um, and so, we'll go ahead. It's part two. It's part two, okay. Yeah. So uh, uh, Kong comes out, and he's just making fools out of them all, you know, running circles around them, quite literally, and scoring points on them. And, and, and Sam, at one point, even remarks to Al, because uh, Al shows up. Al has this creepy comment about the girls' pom-poms. Um, yeah. He's like, they're not, they don't have any pom And the look on Sam's face is just sort of like... Well, I do want to say, though, you know, you know, for all of Al's horrible comments sure. in that regard... At least there is a Sam to offset it, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and yeah. Sam was he my sort does. of he was my sort of guiding light on that sort of stuff when I was younger, you right? Know? Um, and on other stuff. So it was. I, I think yeah. it's good that we have that balance. Yeah. It, it's also it's it, it's also easy to not notice how creepy it is because this show it does a lot of things. A lot of shows and movies are guilty of. They don't actually cast high school age girls in high school age mm, roles, yeah. mm. and so these girls are clearly like college age, early twenties. Yeah. And so it doesn't hit you how creepy it is. But if you actually like imagine like high school girls, and then imagine yeah. Al making that comment, then yes, yes, it's not as yeah. creepy as Kamikaze Kid when Scott Bakula, yes, at thirty five is yes. kissing uh, like a twelve. Oh, well, still, yeah. like like yeah, like it yeah. occurred to me like she's fifteen years old, but even still, she looks a little bit younger. She didn't still truly look fifteen years old. Yeah, right. Yeah. She still looked a little bit older. That's anyway. Sam has the thing, the comment where he's like, you know, I I, I know him, Al. I know him. Yeah. And, you know, and 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 then all of a sudden, there, you know, he gets the ball stripped from him. Kong scores another point. Sam is, is standing there in front of him, and he looks at him, and he's like, you're good, and Kong nods, and he's like, I know you, don't I? And he's like, and nods again, and Sam's like, give me a hint, and then he bangs the, the basketball off of Sam's head, and it's just like, mm-hmm. Tom, you know, and, yeah. and, and sure enough, it's his brother Tom, and uh, there's this embrace, and it's, and the thing that's so wonderful about it is all of the other times where Sam has been kind of overcome with his mom, his dad, his sister, uh, each of them has kind of been sort of like, whoa, it's like, 
what's up with you? Like, I, yeah. I just saw you a few hours ago. Right. With Tom, he hasn't seen him in months. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's this wonderful warmth to even Tom's, you know, hug back, where it's just kind of like, you know, hey, little brother. It, it feels... It just feels so warm and yeah. emotionally yeah. and sweaty. Yeah, just, and sweaty. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah, because yeah. at this point, even Tom is sweating. sweating like, yeah. Everyone yeah. is sweating. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. only just walked in. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He is in a con mask. So, yeah. November yeah. in Indiana, come on now. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's true. <laughs> but this is the moment where I always go a big rubbery one. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I get I get a little yeah, and I can't even. I have to admit, Jessica had to bear with me during this episode because there were multiple times, and in, in Leap Home Part Two, where I would just be like, "You gotta watch it. You gotta pay attention. You gotta, I hope you're paying attention. Yeah. Here it comes. Here yeah. it comes. Yeah. You know." And and uh, yeah. and this moment was definitely one of those. Um, and then we um, uh, um, cut to the cornfield. Yeah, that's right. Where there, mm-hmm. uh, we should also mention that David Newsom is the actor who plays Tom, uh, yes. Sam's brother. Interesting fact is that he played Scott Bakula's brother in another show, uh, Men of a Certain Age, mm-hmm. um, for an episode. Uh, he's he's done quite a few things. He's transitioned mostly into producing yeah. work, mm-hmm. um, but apparently he's done all sorts. He's written, he's produced, he's directed, he's acted. He's he was in a band. He's like I mean all sorts of stuff. Um, and, and if you look at a picture of him today, uh, he's definitely aged a little bit, but not much. No. Like, it looks kind of yeah. like, it looks like kind of like, you know, somewhere around 1995, 96, the guy just stopped aging. Like, sure, he looks yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so Beckett jeans. I mean, right. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. You know. Uh, in the cornfield, they, they, they're having this really great discussion about, um, Tom's SEAL training. What that's like. And, you know, how uh, they called, you know, the training revolutions and how you had to focus. Evolutions. Evolutions, excuse me. How you had to focus on the evolution that you were in. Sam makes a comment about, I know what that's like. Mm -hmm. Oh, do you now, little brother? Um, And it's just, it's a really, it's a playful discussion in a lot of ways. You can see that Sam is struggling with, you know, where's the line here? How much do I, when do I broach the topic about Vietnam? How do I do it? Obviously, it comes up. They start talking about Vietnam. It's a really interesting discussion, I feel like. Very well written. Yeah. Um, something that's stuck with me since the very first viewing, um, which I know might be a cheat considering how many times I've seen the episode, but I swear it has, is Tom's line about, you know, maybe this war is teaching America its limits. Yes. And, you know, and that's something worth fighting for. And it's like, is it worth dying for? And it's, it's just a really brilliant encapsulation, I think, of... of an argument for the war that I can actually kind of empathize with as much as I not like, it's one of those things where it's like it happened. There was no getting out of it. There wasn't a goddamn thing I could do about it. Cause I wasn't even born yet. That said, if that's the lesson that we could learn out of it, then it was worth it. Clearly we didn't learn that lesson. So, <laughs> um, yeah. but, yeah. but I really have always thought that that was a good, well, it's especially a, a lesson that becomes more apparent after the Vietnam War has finished, I mean, for all of us, that's always been a reality, I suppose. But right. um, you know, he's saying it in the middle of, or the very toward the start of the Vietnam War. Um, but yes, I mean, in hindsight, you can look back on it in those terms. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we get the line shortly after that, where Tom is like, you know, nobody can see the future. You know, not not even you, little brother. And that's when he's like, you know, I can. And this is Sam is like, Sam's not fucking around anymore. Right. He's like, you're going to go up there. You're going to flush, you know, two birds. You know, you're going to hit the first one, miss the second one. And that's exactly what Tom does. 
and, you know, he looks back at Sam, and there's this moment, and I, I guess, I, I want to ask you, Jess, especially since it's your first time watching, what did that, what, like, what did you think when Sam basically just breaks all the rules in that moment? Uh, I didn't think too much about him breaking the rules at that moment, because I was too busy thinking, like, that wasn't a very good proof. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, kind yes, of like when the enough, doctor yeah. later on or whoever that guy is yeah. comes up next, he, you know. How what, common what, that is. Yeah, yes. what are the odds yeah. that he's going to miss it? And now that you've said that, probably you are going to miss it. Like, exactly. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was influenced by just even hearing him say that. So I didn't, I didn't think it was a very good proof, and I wasn't surprised that he didn't seem that impressed by it. Yeah, I yeah. tend to agree with that. It's like, um, you know when, uh, in the episode where he's he's trying to prove that he can see the future by saying, Gerald Ford's going to fall down these <laughs> yes, stairs? Yes, yes. <laughs> Him saying that is not going to change Gerald Ford falling down the stairs. He's not there. So, right, right. yes, he will still fall and that works. But he is there in that field with Tom and him saying that would surely influence it in some way. Oh, mm. I need to try that a little bit harder on the second one or uh, maybe I'll miss both this time. Um that's a great example, and it's also great that you tied that in, because Disco Inferno is the episode where we learn that Sam had a brother, and yes. that, that brother died in Vietnam, so yeah. props to you for that. When I do the thought exercise, like, if I were to go back in time to, you know, like, high school age or, or whatever, and, like, try to influence my parents to, to change the behavior, like, what historical landmarks would I point to? Mm. Mm-hmm. Would I be able to say, like, you know... On was it like April first, nineteen ninety five, the Oklahoma City bombing, or or, or things like that? Like yeah. what? I don't know if I paid enough attention right. to like you know enough historical landmarks to say this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Right. It's a good point. It is a good point because like even as I'm sitting here right now, I, clearly I was very young. I was like four years old, but I remember watching it on TV with my grandmother. So the thing is, is like I don't remember the actual date of the Challenger explosion, for instance. But I know that it happened. I have a foggy idea of about where. So I'm thinking to myself, if I were to be back in that time, not as a four-year-old, because what am I going to do then? But if I were to be back in that time and I were to read in the newspaper about, you know, the the challenger will be taking off on such a date, I'd be like, I know what's going to happen. Yeah. But yeah, to know specifically, like in the you know, and clearly, like, I doesn't doesn't Sam get a little assist from Al in Disco Inferno about Ford falling down the stairs? Yeah, he yeah, maybe does. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I think that that's that's great that he's got you know a guy there with a hybrid computer in his hand. But yeah. uh, <laughs> but it is interesting to think about the dates that do stand out to you specifically, and, and you think I know exactly what's going to happen on this on this date and time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Yeah, I suppose I was about to say actually uh, another point would be how on earth does he remember something so innocuous as that? Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, it is not too far removed from the date that Tom actually. Die, right. so he may remember strongly those last days that he he had with Tom. Right, because it is; it's going to be one of the last times that he's ever alone with Tom. Yeah, um, I, I mean, because Tom basically ships out right after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it, 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 it's strange that that's what he decides to use. What's even more strange, in my opinion, and would be the only critique really that I would make of the episode. Because the scene is well done, and there's some wonderful information that's given. But is it really enough to call the town doctor over and be worried that your kid brother's like insane yeah. or something? Because yeah. the next scene we get is in the kitchen, and it's Tom and Thelma and John and the doctor. Yeah. And they're very concerned about Sam's mental state. 
Well, but don't they keep saying, he had already said at that point, it's, I know the future, you're going to die. Yes, he did, So I think they probably think he's so anxious and stressed about this, this is some weird delusion. Versus, like, he told the future and now we're worried. It's more like he's clearly stressed about this war situation. What can we do to help that? Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, yeah. To, to be fair, is yeah, is, is what the doctor says, that he has all these stresses on him and pressures. I mean, he's young, he's going to college, he's got scholarship offers from like 12 different schools. Um, this is where we get the other bit that was cut, which is another one of those moments where it's like, why was that cut? Which is when they talk about where he's going to choose to go to school. They say he's got, you know, MIT and Caltech, but he's holding up for a basketball basketball scholarship from uh, Indiana State. Mm-hmm. And that's when Tom says, I talked him out of that. The professor from MIT said Sam has a brain that comes along once in a generation, maybe once every couple generations. And then in syndication, it gets cut there and goes right back to, um, you know, I think John saying something about uh, about like you know so so what are we going to do here Doc? Whereas in the actual episode, there's more to that scene, which has to do with uh, the relationship between Tom and Sam, and about how Sam has followed around Tom like a puppy, yeah. and you know, uh, and that of course his brother could talk him out of this because of how close they are and everything. And so it's 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 really it's really a nice little moment there, and especially for David Newsom, there's some stuff that he does in that particular moment that I really enjoy. So it's a shame that that gets cut for syndication. But. Sure. Mm. You know. Yeah, and I do love the line where Tom mentions talking him out of going to Indiana State, and the doc gets very offended. Yeah. I went to pre-med at Indiana State. Yeah. I I'm, on, I'm on the alumni committee. I have to try. And then, of course, the doctor, basically, you know, he has this moment where it's like, of course, it could be something more. You know? I know, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Why are you pushing this? Right? Yeah. Jesus And then, then John, of course, is all like, what are you saying, Doc? My son's crazy? You know? And like, I was like, John. And he's like, well, we need to know. And, you know, there's this there's this bit um, uh, about how, no, no, I'm sure he's fine. But he, he could be basically believing everything that he's actually saying, that he's not just making it up. Yeah. And that if that's the case, it's important to just go along with it for now and that sooner or later the pressures will fall off and he'll be fine. Uh, and then the doctor has the shittiest line of the whole episode as he's pouring this, like, tablespoon of sugar into yeah. his coffee, where he's or on top of his peach cobbler, rather, where he says, I do hope this won't affect his play against Bentonville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, great, Doc. doctor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. shitty, but true. <laughs> That's yeah. a very true-to-life... Yeah, Line. small town yeah. doc, just, you know. Yeah, wants, I mean, yeah. yeah, any kind of community that revolves around their high school sports, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I've yeah. seen Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so now... We're on the yeah, porch. Yeah, one of the probably most iconic scenes in the series, sure. probably. Oh, yeah. And it's not even Scott Bakula or Dean Stockwell's moment. Nope. No. And can I can't even talk enough about Olivia Burnett in this scene. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will give major props to both Dean and, sure. and Scott. Because Dean, this is one of those scenes like I was talking about earlier, where he doesn't have any dialogue for the bulk of this scene. Yeah. And he's brilliant. Like, the way that he looks at Sam, and then when he does finally speak that first time, when he's like, don't tell her. Yes. About John Lennon. And it's just beautiful. Um... And I think you don't even hear the door and him walk through. Right. I think I, I think it's it, it's right that you didn't because it would have kind of taken you out of the moment. You know he's coming and all of that. 
Um, but that scene, yes, it, it is iconic, and I think you're right for her performance because they they show her face for quite a long time there in that scene. It's just her face looking. I first saw that actress actually before this episode in I think it was uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, she plays one of the kids in it, and uh, and so I already knew her from that. And and when you're a kid, you, you put those dots together, don't you? Yeah. Um, anyway, sidetrack, but. Um, Secondarily, as an enormous Beatles fan, even then, um, and you know, it just brought in another reason to shed a tear here and there. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's worth noting that, that at the beginning of the scene, basically Sam is running her through like slang terms that are going to be popular in the future yes. to try to convince her. Because at this point, everyone's going along with it, and so of course, Katie is like having a lot of fun, like you know, awesome. That's going to be a thing, like better than far out, mm-hmm. and then. She says, if you're really from the future, you'll know. You'll yeah. know if he's dead. And he's like, what, what are you talking about? And like, it's like uh, Paul McCartney and the White Album. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, no, 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 Paul's not dead. In fact, after the Beatles break up, and that case, like, the Beatles <laughs> break up? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, pretty soon, I think. Uh, and he's like, Paul goes on to form Wings, and they have a couple of really great tunes. Yeah. And she's like, what about John? John's my favorite. And, you know, that's when he's ready to tell her, and Al tells him not to. And instead of you know, saying what he was going to say. He says, John's going to write my favorite song. And she's like, favorite song in the future. Well, if you, you know, if it's your favorite song, play it for me. Mm-hmm. And there's this moment where you're almost just sort of like, what's going to happen here? And sure enough, he plays it. And it's Imagine. And um, the, as you were saying, the bulk of him singing is literally just a, a close-up of her, her face. Yeah. And it goes through this, I mean, she... The journey she makes, just stock still, not moving, not doing anything, is from one of just kind of like, well, this is cute. I, you know, yeah, my I, goofy older brother playing, yeah, playing the song he's yeah. making up. It's, this is good. I like this. This is great. This is this is. Oh my god, oh my god, oh oh, and then she starts weeping, and and it's just beautiful, and it's one of those things where. You know, with a lot of kid actors and a lot of adult actors too, ladies and gentlemen, must spoil something that's probably not really a spoiler because it's 2018 and we probably know by now. Most of the time when you see people acting on screen, uh, they're not really crying. A lot of times they're using a little Visine or mentholatum or something to get the waterworks going falsely. That sure as shit wasn't the case here. No. Like, there was no opportunity for that. She just let loose. Yeah. And, and, and it's beautiful. And, and, you know, then of course mom comes out. And she's like, what's the problem? And she's like, you know, if this is true, then yeah. my big brother dies in Vietnam. I don't know what time to die in Vietnam. Tom and John show up. And and that's when Al's like, all you're doing is making their life miserable now. You're not changing a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when Sam's finally like, I made it all up. I made it all up. Because I didn't want Tom to go to Vietnam. And he runs off. Yeah. Um, like a 16-year-old. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Accompanied by very dramatic music in the next yes. frame, or next scene. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, you know, I missed something in the last scene. Not that I have to go over it word for word, but I do feel it's worth noting is that uh, Katie uh, is told by Sam about Chuck. Sure. To stay away from Chuck. She's like, God, stay away from Chuck. Which, that's what brings her to the, if you're really from the future, future you know you he's know. dead. Because Sam has this moment, he's like, Chuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, Paul McCartney. Anyway, so yeah. Sam has run away like sixteen-year-old girl. Discuss amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it. It leads you to that bit, doesn't it? Where uh, 
he then has that conversation with Al that yeah. sort of yeah. turns things a bit. Yeah. Oh, what I love, like we said, it's not fair. And Al, as he's lighting a cigar, says, "I think it's damn fair." Yeah. Yes. And you wonder, given the events of MIA, if that line doesn't have a double meaning. Yeah. In fact, I thought that's where he was going to go with it um, mm. when. Every time I see it, I think he's going to do that. And then I, I remember, oh, no, yes, he's uh, lamenting the fact that he can't see, go back and see his own uh, parents in, in mm. the same way, his own family. Yeah, I, I think, so Sam says that he's, you know, that um, he's done with all of this. He always does the right thing, but he's not going to do it anymore. He yells up into the heavens, I quit. Yeah. Um, you know he's he, he's done and and then of course yeah Al, Al has the line I think it's damn fair. It it's difficult for me to accept that Al would be saying that in a sort of way of like, yes, of course it's fair for you to have to be presented with something that you really want to change but you can't because that's what just happened to me. Mm-hmm. But it's not difficult for me to accept that the double meaning there is that he does also mean he. Like, he had the opportunity to dance with Beth one last time. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And yes, he would give anything to be able to sit with his dad and sister again. Um, which, knowing what we've learned about them, I, I think is, is, is quite poignant. And it's just a beautiful... It's a beautiful moment. And it's what... And, 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 and it, it started... It started stuff in me. <laughs> um, and and then and then everything just came out because we cut from this to you know after Alice basically like you're going to be able to have Thanksgiving dinner with your family one last time I'd give anything for that to Thanksgiving dinner the leap home suite is oh. playing mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and I lost it yeah mm-hmm. um, yeah it's a nice show don't tell moment yeah thing. <sighs> It's, um, I tweeted out, <laughs> I tweeted out that this was going to be very, um, difficult for me to talk about, um, because the episode has lived with me, um, for 28 years. You know, I saw it when I was nine years old and to see it when you're nine and not get a lot of it, but still enjoy it, um, and then kind of realize it's like, you know, one day I'm going to be as old as that high school age Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day you are that high school age Sam. And to have this sort of hero worship of this character and to uh, see him in a situation where he wants so badly to change these horrible things that happen to the people he loved the most and not be able to do anything and be kind of attracted to that for whatever reason. Um so much so that I wanted to replicate it and, and, you know, and be Sam in that moment. And then, you know, to, 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 to keep watching it, to continue watching it and growing with it and then not having seen it for a while and then come back to it now at the same age that, you know, Scott Bakula was while filming this almost the same age as Sam. And, um, and now having things that it would love to be able to go back and change. Um, it's, um, it, it, it hits you in a very different way. Um, and it just, it, it, it touched me and reminded me about 
what what I love so much about this show and about this episode and um, why it goes beyond a simple fun thing to do with my pal of talking about this show and about how it's almost necessary and um, and that it's something that just emotionally um, you know even mentally and spiritually uh, it, it, it's a very important piece of my life and very important to me and um, thinking about the fact that like when I started watching this show it was my mom that would make sure that I knew when it was on that my dad was watching it uh, even when he was away on business and that was something that we all shared and you know I, eventually it was something that only I did by myself and, and just kind of thinking about those golden moments with my family and getting ready to be a father and getting asked the question yesterday about what were the things that you did with your family that were so much fun that, you know, you want to share with, you know, your child and everything and, and, and struggling to come up with some of those things. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it, 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 it's easy to, to think about sort of the fantasy aspects like you were talking about earlier about the idea of like how, what would we do if we were in this situation? But I think it really does end up going a little bit beyond that. And, um, and it's, it, it was incredibly powerful for me, um, and I think just speaks to the, the overall quality of, of the series, and, and in that moment, you know, the cinematography, the, the music, the acting, the, you know, the showing and not telling, um, it ends up having a huge, huge impact, and, and, and so I, I think here I am nearly 30 years later, and um, probably hit even harder by it than I had been at any other time in my life. Um, because the ultimate lesson for Sam is that he can't change any of those things. That we are powerless to stop some of these things from happening, no matter how much we wish we could change them. Um... And the world in which we live today, when life doesn't seem to be very valuable to some people, uh, I think that it's important to realize that the things that we can change are worth fighting for. And much like Tom talks about, um, even if that means that it's a lost cause, then at least maybe we learn what our limits are. Um, but to want so desperately to change something in the past that you start to lose sight of the fact that you can actually change the present and the future, um, is, 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 is a mistake. Uh, and so I think that sometimes one of the things that science fiction can do for us, uh, any good piece of theater or, or television and whatnot is, is remind us that, um, that there's 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 so much worth doing um, that we need to be up to the task and 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 unshackle ourselves from the past uh, and I think that the the theme of quantum leap in general could end up being that especially if you take that the impetus for Sam to jump into that accelerator you know, has to do with the fact that his brother and his dad died before their time and that his sister got into a bad marriage and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And that was kind of his impetus to want to travel through time. Um, 
and we know that he gets lost to that, and he never comes home again, um, which makes the episode even more poignant because now he's 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 you know he's home one last time. Uh, so it's not an easy episode or moment for me to talk about, even though I just did so far too long, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, and rambled a bit, but, um, no, that was great. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's good, man. It got me, it got me, it got me more emotional than I've been in a long time. Uh, 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 it's a beautiful scene and that music Damn it, mm-hmm. that music. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I certainly, you know, have it in my uh, music playlist, uh, yeah. for sure, mm-hmm. for a while. Because it doesn't always have to be a, a sad tune, actually. No. I mean, I actually treat it as a kind of, this is nice. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and um, as I've said, I haven't always lived in the United States. In fact, only about a third of my life have I done so, and came to like this show very much when I was living in England as a child. Although, I should point out, um, I first saw Quantum Leap in Florida in 1990. No way! Um, On a trip here. That's when I got hooked. Wow. But it didn't, I don't think it showed in, that episode that I I saw wouldn't have shown in England for about another year, perhaps, Mm -hmm. if if memory serves me correctly. But, But it was teaching me very much of certain ways of American life, you know, mm. even even then. And that, uh, I don't know, that music sort of kind of adds to that picture in many ways of what I think American life should be. Yeah. Um, just this sort of like, oh, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. nice thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's not always that. Um, right. Fact, but it's, yeah. And it is the last time, you know, that all these people are going to be together like this, as far as Sam knows, mm-hmm. anyway, you know, that this is, this is, this is it, that, and it's the last moment for him. You know, I didn't even think about this until now, actually, mm-hmm. uh, and it's very interesting, because we've talked about it a little bit before, but how do we feel about the fact that 16-year-old Sam is missing out on all this? Because he's sitting in the, the waiting room... Oh, that's a great point. While adult Sam is experiencing all this. That's a great point. And is he interacting with Al? Right. You know, and all of that. And does he then take those memories back? Does he keep them? Do do they keep them? It it seems... The idea, I think, is... What not stated explicitly is that because of the Swiss cheesing effect, that, like, they're not going to remember a lot of this experience either. Right. Um... Well, you know, but, to, yeah. to to not say that that a moment was taken away from sixteen-year-old Sam. Sixteen-year-old Sam probably did not appreciate that moment right. as mm. much as forty-two-year-old mm. Sam does. Mm. Which, you know, in all my rambling, was kind of part of the point too that mm. I wanted to make because it was something that I was thinking a lot about during that moment. Is the idea that you know we want so badly to live in the moment and we want so badly to appreciate that moment for what it is when it is but it's it's impossible um because we don't develop an appreciation for certain moments until after the fact and so the idea that you know 42 year old sam is sitting down with his family for that last thanksgiving is going to mean a hell of a lot more to that 42 year old sam than it is to 16 year old sam Mm -hmm. um 
And 16-year-old yeah. Sam will eventually find out the 14-year-old Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, time travel. We need a whiteboard or something. We can just, like, like, yes. diagram all yeah. this out. Yeah. Uh, but it, the, yeah. The, to, to speak to your point earlier where you talk about, like, you think about, like, what you could do if you could go back into the past and change things, but to take that mentality of, like, but think about what you can do now. Yeah to affect your life. You know, a few weeks ago, like, you know, things like this thought exercise, if I could go back and change certain things, what would I do to live my life differently? Okay. That mindset is great. What if you just take that mindset and you apply it to your daily life? And just as a thought exercise, like what if this is like 70 year old me back in my 38 year old body? Mm -hmm. Like how would I approach my day to day? Yeah. Yeah. I once saw a show that said, well, you know, you know the phrase: if you if you had one more day to live, what would you do? But this this show put put forth, forth this idea: if you if you had forty years left, what would you do? And it's this sense of oh God, we have a life here. You know, we we need to treat it with the um, I suppose the fleeting nature that uh, that is true of it. Um, and uh, I'm not sure where I was going with that, but I just thought of that <laughs> yeah. show and and that mm-hmm. idea that. You do have to live it. I mean, I, I would probably have caught the bus here instead of cycle if I'd really thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, the cycle is healthy, so you could have been like prolonging. You know, like you might get sure. you might get yeah. that hour back. So yeah. <laughs> it's true. It is true. Um, yes. Yeah. No, I, the, it is. It is an incredible point. And I, I you know, even when I was young, um, I remember saying something to my grandparents. Uh, I used to spend the summers with them about how. Uh, you know, 15 years is actually a long time. Mm-hmm. And it is. But when you think about what you do sometimes in a span of 15 years, yeah. it's sort of like, man, could have done could have done more. Mm-hmm. Could have done better. Could have done, done less, though. You well, know? That's the thing, isn't right? it? It's all, you, you can always uh, underappreciate what you've actually achieved. That's true. What you're comparing it against, you know. The moon, <laughs> the life of my cat. You know, yeah, right, right, yes, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, there is, there's something about the, the 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 scene that you know, and the wave of sort of nostalgia and the music and everything that hits you. It does make you, I, I, I think, reflect on that a lot more. Um, and and again, you know, I mean, part of the point of, of great art is the ability for it to hopefully inspire. And and, mm-hmm. and so I think that. Um, you know, maybe I'm crazy and maybe there's somebody out there that's just sort of like, that's the worst fucking piece of television ever. And I don't know what this kid's talking about. Um, but, but for me, I, I think it is, it is, it is pretty great. And, 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 uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not, I, this is one of those episodes specifically that I really want to hear what everybody else has to say. So I'm, I'm looking forward to people hitting us up on Facebook and Twitter and, sure. and, and telling us their thoughts. Yeah. So now that the blubbering's over, let's play some basketball. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So now we're uh, yeah. We cut to hoo-ya. That's right. Hoo-ya, What's hoo-ya? And um, yeah, Al has another <laughs> another line here too. When uh, uh, Tom says something about if you learn the the jump hook shot, like Lisa, yeah. will, you know, it'll impress the hell out of Lisa. Yeah. yeah. And then Al's he's like, like he's yeah, he's right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, so uh, Tom's teaching Sam, you know, uh, schooling him, literally, in basketball, and, and it comes to this, it comes to a head when um, Sam is basically like, I'm going to win that game, but if I win that game, you've got to make me yeah, a promise. Because, yeah, because when, when, when Tom was in high school, Bentleyville was the only team that they didn't beat. Yeah, so it's revenge. So, yeah, revenge. So how much revenge. how much is revenge worth to you? And so on April yeah, 8th. Yeah, give me, give, me, give me a day. Yeah. Yeah. Climb into the deepest fox while you can and don't come out. Yeah. And uh, and finally, you know, Tom ends up capitulating. He's like, okay, you know, on April the 8th. Sure. You win that game on April the 8th. And, we, and, and, and to speak to Dean Stockwell's understatement, like, we, we do need to get a necessary line of exposition. We just cut to Alex oh, yeah. very briefly. Yeah. Give me April the 8th. The day the Tom, day Tom is <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, like, it, it's clearly there because it, yeah. we need to know that as the audience. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I think it, it's sort of implied already, isn't it? I think, but sure. But yeah, I mean, you didn't need that line, right. but just right, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. And and the way that that Sam ultimately, like after he's kind of like trying to make this deal, when he's like, "Just give me April the eighth, like the way he says it. Yeah. So yeah, <sighs> yeah. And then we cut to the basketball game. Yes, we do. Yeah, forty-two. To thirty nine. Yeah. <laughs> after after having something like kind of like driven down our throats about April the eighth, we get this really nice economy of storytelling where yeah. it's like they're losing the game. Yeah. That's what you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> right here. Yeah. And like and rewatching this, like they do a great uh, job. You know, obviously it's a television show; they don't have a huge budget. Yeah. Using a few, using a few extras and, and sound effects, just economy of storytelling. They they give us this high yeah. pressure football game, and yeah. Uh, uh, we do get the funny line of of uh, Al like saying, "I feel like Dennis Hopper yes. Hoosiers," yes. which is an inside joke because Dean Stockwell and Dennis Hopper were actually good friends in, yes. in real life. Actually, it's a, it's a funny note, and this is uh, noted on the the first season DVDs. The only DVD uh, set that has any special features on it yeah. with interviews with the cast. Uh, Dean Stockwell notes that when. Uh, Dean Stockwell accepted the role of Al on the show. Dennis Hopper made the comment, "Like, well, there goes your career." Yeah, because <laughs> Dean Stock, because uh, Dennis Hopper had a huge thing against television. Yeah, hmm. yeah, uh, it's, yeah. It's worth noting. Uh, I've mentioned this before that yeah, there was like a crew of like four guys that used to hang out all the time. And it was mm-hmm. Dennis Hopper, yeah. Dean Stockwell, Neil Young, mm-hmm. and Russ Tamblin. And it's just sort of like, group, it's like yeah, yeah, it's like what a group. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is the actress Amber Tamblin, who is, is Russ Tamblin's daughter, uh, she like has joked in interviews. In fact, the podcast she did with Mark Marin, uh, which is great by the way, uh, that she was practically raised by those guys. And all I can think is like, oh my god, right, yeah. <laughs> she was raised by no, those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, everyone, take take just a moment. And imagine a parallel universe <laughs> where Dennis Hopper played Al Calvin. Yeah, right. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Yes. Sorry. Um, when Al is, like, talking to the coach, or yeah. whoever the guy was, I was, for, I got confused. I was like, wait a minute, does the coach see him? What was happening? What was the joke? I missed it. Oh, so basically, okay, so two things. It's kind of a double joke. So the, the idea is, is that the coach is giving them bad advice and, and, and oh. Al is trying defense, to defense like, not patty cake right yeah. defense what are you talking about defense for put him in a full court press and the, the, the joke there is that in Hoosiers Dennis Hopper's character is ill and he's in the hospital listening to the, the final game on the radio okay. and during that time he's kind of coaching the game so he's not actually there gotcha. but he's coaching the game and okay. so it's kind of similar whereas like in mm. 
in this, Al's not really there, but he's coaching the game. Got it. Okay. At least that's how I took it. Yeah. yeah. You could be right. I've not seen Hoosiers. I'm supposed to have done, I think. Uh, yeah, you lived in Indiana. I, I mean, for more than a month, you should have yeah. seen it. Like, I should have watched it for research. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, how long were you in Indiana? Uh, too long. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was there for uh, eight. No, wait. Uh, 2008 to 2016. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. A, a joke that my ex wife my ex-wife used to like to tell why does a Kentucky fall into Tennessee? Because oh, no. Indiana sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. Well, anyway. Um, so, sorry, Hoosiers. Uh, but, <laughs> oh, I love Hoosiers. Yeah. Love Hoosiers. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I lived there for about a, a yeah. decade. Jessica's born I was, there. And, yeah, I'm a true Hoosier, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we get to the game, we get introduced to no-nos. That's right. And it's funny because I have to be honest with you, from the old grainy VHS copy that I had after watching the episode multiple times, there were, there were times that I would watch it and I would just kind of be like, does he not? I can't, like, I think he's got a nose. Yeah. But in the in the clarity yeah. of Blu-ray, like, when in, when you first see him, you can indeed see, like, that they did have makeup on his nose and it kind of looks ragged. How like they just caked a bunch of crap on top of his nose. <laughs> sure. They were like... On the bridge, kind of. They were like... Over in one trailer, they were putting makeup on Scott Bakula. Yeah. We just need a gob of makeup. Yes, right, right. Yeah. They just took the, the, the yeah. day-old latex off from the yeah. floor. And just yeah. Like, yeah. There you go. They, 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 make up they pulled it off Sam Becker's dad. And, right. yeah. <laughs> they, there you go, No-Nos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's clear that like No-Nos is just, you know, brutalizing brutalizing Sam. Um, yeah. And, uh, and He's totally Nick from Teen Wolf. He is totally Nick from oh. Teen Wolf. No way, yeah. Uh, and and um, the, 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 the game... Is going on and they're having trouble, and then Sam ends up getting fouled. Yeah, and, gets gets the wind knocked out of him. Yeah, and that's when Tom like rushes onto the under the court and he's like, saying, he's "Just breathe deep and slow. I want to kill that no nose." Yeah, and it's just sort of like, "Hey, you could like." I mean, sure. there's no doubt in my mind. You're a Navy SEAL. Like, it wouldn't take much. Um, but it, it's just a nice moment where they they kind of yeah. share a bit here, and that's when Sam kind of reinforces, and he's just like, you know, just remember April the eighth. Give me the day. Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, th- there is one extra in the scene. Like, there's a group of people standing around Sam. As he's knocked down on the ground. There's one extra who is really acting. He's acting, <laughs> he is acting so hard. Like he is shouting. He is pointing down at the floor. Like he's yeah. he's really upset. One of my favorite pastimes is, is watching shows, especially like TV shows, and like looking at the extras who oh, are yeah. really acting right. in the background and trying to get attention. But you yeah. mentioned that, like yeah. you know, forever when we first started this podcast, and Jessica and I, you know, one of the shows that that we just turn on for comfort viewing is How I Met Your Mother, and uh, so many scenes in that show take place in the bar sure. in McLaren's and they always have a ton of extras there and man there are times when she and I now will notice somebody and we're just sort of like man they're really acting <laughs> <laughs> or they're dressed in a very odd way like it's like there's that moment where you're just sort of like who would have told them that that was an okay costume because they're like they pulling do. focus like yeah exactly yeah, they, like, yeah. that guy just has to dress that way he's like contractually like you know, he's, yeah. you know. Um, the other night though I noticed Conan O'Brien in an episode and Jessica's like that's not that's not Conan O'Brien I was like yes it is and I, I pulled it up it is indeed Conan O'Brien I still don't believe it and she's like <laughs> <laughs> it really is oh, um, wow. but anyway 
Sam gets back up. He makes both of the free throws. There's a humorous scene where Al is like, kind of like telling him, he's like, all you gotta do is picture the hoop. It's yes. a great big hoop. It's a mm-hmm. little ball. And like going on and on and on and on. <laughs> like Sam's just kind of staring at him. He's just like, okay, you go ahead and shoot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's nice because, I, again, in an episode that does feel very heavy at times, there, mm-hmm. there is a lot of humor. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and it's just very well written, you know. I mean, I think you know, sure. Belisario clearly deserved that, that Writer's Guild nomination. Even mm-hmm. though our costume designer friend told us that none of those awards matter it's still which they really don't but you know sure. for what it's worth um yeah <laughs> um so yeah now they're they're uh we get to 41 the end, to 42 yeah 41 42 we get to the end of the game sam's got the ball yeah because he steals the ball from no-nos yeah um uh, sans a beak as as yeah, Al yeah. at one point which is very funny to me and um they're running out of time. Yeah, uh, clock is going. Yeah, this is my. And it, 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 it's such a small moment, and there's no dialogue to it. But for like ten seconds, Sam is about to throw the game. Yeah, so <laughs> that he doesn't have to leap. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good ah, point. Yeah. And well, and he, and he because it, he stops. Like it's it's one of those things where where he stops on the court is right in front of his family. Yeah. And you know, and he's just standing there, just staring at them, and like. You know, at one point, John is just like, just like, shoot the ball. He's coughing. Yeah. He's like, you know, we're running out of time, Sam. And it's just sort of like, oh. Well, this episode isn't afraid to linger on a certain shot. Like like with, you know, yeah. Katie earlier on. And then of his dad just going, let's do it. But it's yeah. slow-mo, you know, kind of. Thing. Yeah. I and thought then, it was basketball strategy. I didn't realize it was him thinking about whether or not to throw the game. I thought I, he was I must say, I kind of thought that, oh, okay. too, okay. because I don't know anything about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, you or driving home is like, like like right before he goes to make the shot, he says bye, bye dad. dad. Yeah, and ah, you're, and I'm you're Terry, I just thinking about. That. And you're right, Jess. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it is partly strategy because it's like if he burns enough time off the clock, like they're not going to be able to, right. to yeah. back on them. But but yeah, when he says bye, dad, it's yeah. Oh god, yeah. And then he goes and he makes the shot. Yeah. And they win the game. Everybody goes crazy. The music swells. Mm-hmm. Katie and her friends all yell out, "Awesome!" awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, the you know the the players have Sam on their shoulders for whatever reason. Lisa's on people's shoulders too, um, which makes the next moment she's the head feasible. Yeah. Uh, because you know he's like, "What about Tom?" Because. Al is going on about this happens, yeah. this happens. Lisa doesn't marry, marry no nos. Doesn't, doesn't marry you either. either. <laughs> but at least she doesn't marry no nos and have a couple of bulldogs. bulldogs. Yes. And this gets to the moment we were talking about off mic before we started. Two people have just been wiped out of existence. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right? yeah, I know. Isn't that one of the things, though? Honestly, about like about time travel uh, a lot, and, and I think that Star Trek seems to be the most guilty of this. Although they do it right in DS Nine, it's really probably the only time they do it right. But like where they'll have an episode that's based around time travel and then in order to you know to basically reset everything cuz you got to hit the reset button at the end of every sure, episode of it basically wipes out an entire existence right, like yeah. not just two kids but literally an entire existence yeah. and everybody's just sort of like no nah, okay that's fine we're just going to carry on yeah. and it's like oh my god yeah. you're do- you're wiping this out which there's an episode of DS9 where they literally have to have the discussion about if we do this we are wiping out this entire existence. Like we're not, we're not mm-hmm. just you know changing things for the better. Like we're killing all of these people in essence. Um, but yeah, it is kind of weird to think about the idea that like, Doctor Who is another kind of weird example because there is that moment in during like the Matt Smith seasons where he basically ends all of existence. Yeah, like he just basically ends yeah. everything and restarts it. So you have to think it's like wow, the universe just ended. Yeah, like for a moment in time, there was just nothing, 
and now it's back again, and it seems like it's the same, but technically it's not, not the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you did you get all the way through Voyager? No. No. There's a great I won't spoil it, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I can't give you the exact details. But there is a time travel episode where they are several years in the future from Voyager's timeline yeah. and they go back in time to change or they're they're gonna do something to change history and Captain LaForge yes. shows up with the future version of the Enterprise to stop them. And there's this great thing this where, where they're like, there's one side like, we got to do this. We got to change the past. And Jordy's like, I, I, I got to stop you. I got to understand. It's like, there's this wonderful moment of like mutual respect between the two sides where like Captain LaForge is like, I understand why you're trying to do this. I feel for you. Yeah. But it's my job to stop you. Mm. All right, here we go, and they jump into battle. Yeah. Huh. No, I, I have to actually say that. You're right. That's a very good point. Voyager does that, and it actually does it pretty well, too. Um, but anyway. But that said, those kids are gone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah so, so, yeah. so, anyway, so there's this great moment. So, yeah, we're like, uh, where Sam's like, Tom, what about Tom? And Lisa goes over there, over there, goes in to kiss him, and Sam fully gives the kiss back. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, yeah. Hey, of the moment. I mean, what are you going to do? For sure, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then he, he's acted 16 years old in other moments in this episode. <laughs> right, right. Let's, yeah. Um, Let him have the one kiss with Lisa. But then, of course, he, he looks back at Al and he's like, Tom, what about, you know, tell me about Tom. And that's when Al, and it's, and again, Stockwell's is so great. He's like, oh, it's, it's coming up. Yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry, you know, Tom still and dies it, in it, Vietnam. It, it's Al's face dropping. Just before he says, I'm sorry, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. You, you feel it right then. And then, and then, of course, Sam reaches out. He yells, Tom. Um, he leaps. No, he, he yells, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 weird. yeah. It goes on for as long as the last five seconds of that basketball bounce. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is a long five uh, Long enough for him to leap in, and he's still yelling it when he gets there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is serendipitous because all of a sudden he's in the jungle, there's a bunch of guys with guns. Gunfire, fire, 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 fire. Yeah. Uh, scenes from Predator, yeah. um, <laughs> and then, yeah. and, then uh, and then you know he pops up out of the water because Sam was like you know just hidden yeah. under the water. He pops up out of the water. All of a sudden, this guy turns around. He's like, "Damn, magic!" And it's Tom Beckett. Yes, yeah. he is. And so we get an old boy. Oh boy, Sam's in Vietnam, and he's with his brother. And then, of course, we come back and the credit scene plays, and it's uh, Imagine again, which is always always a pleasure. So, yeah. there you have it, Leap Home Part One. Um, it's hard for me not to just be like, "This is the greatest episode of Quantum Leap ever." Um, it, 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 I don't for know, so quant- I know that for, it for, is, for, but my God, for it's Quantum just, Leap fans, it is. Yeah, like if I wanted to sit someone down and, and give them an idea of what the series is, they've never seen the show before. Yeah. I don't know if I would give them. This yeah, episode because it, it's not reflective of a typical episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I I think you're right because you kind of you want them to be able to have that satisfying build up. It's like in in Disco Inferno, the reference to Tom, or all these yeah. other references building up and building up until you get there. Um, I'd I'd just tell them start with the first episode. Honestly, I I just you know yeah. don't see any other way. I think it's because it's we did talk about this at the very beginning of season two. I, I would I would still make the argument that if you wanted, because season one has some great moments. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to just kind of skip the whole they're finding themselves and they don't really know exactly what they're trying to make yet. Yeah. I still think you could start with Honeymoon Express because mm-hmm. I feel like it does such a wonderful job of setting up 
what the show's about, and and it's one of the few times we actually see the future because Al's there, you know, arguing, and, and and we get the sense of the relationship being built between the two of them, and then the very next episode, Disco Inferno, where we get the Tom bits. So it's like, in a way, you could just like if you were just trying to give somebody the abbreviated watch list, mm. you could start there. I would argue that you would miss some great stuff in season oh, yeah. one. Yeah. Why would you do that? You're not going to see, you know, Genesis. You're not going to see. Um, Crazy, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know exactly which episode you mean. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, no, I, I know, and I, I don't disagree with what you said, Dennis, at all. I, I think it would be very hard to start somebody off with this episode, um, and I think, that, like you're saying, Lawrence, it wouldn't mean as much yeah. if you started with this episode. Um, and and so yeah, it's so hard. Like for me to say anything bad about this episode, I feel like, but it makes me weep. You know, it makes yeah, me sure. weep. Like, that's got to mean something. But, yeah. you know, the ultimately, thing, you're right. You know, the thing right. about, like, but, but, um, on my way over here, if I, if I were to give one critique of this episode, it would be the fact that Scott Bakula played Sam's dad. Mm. Because, like, you're mm. acting, it's not even the makeup, like, acting versus yourself on a TV schedule, you're kind of limited to what you can do. Imagine if they had cast a different actor and they'd actually been able to have like a heart to heart scene mm-hmm. w- between Scott Bakula and whoever they cast as the dad. Yeah. That's the one scene that this episode is missing where they could have had like a true heart to heart. It does feel a little gimmicky. It does feel mm-hmm. a little this is television sweeps, new season premiere, look what we're doing here. Yeah. Uh, and, and I have no problem admitting that. It won him an Emmy, so sure. you know, yeah. can't be all bad. Yeah. But uh <laughs> But yeah, it, it, yeah, I agree. And Jessica clearly has feelings. So. I mean, yeah, I, that was my least favorite part of the. I just thought it was a weird choice. It just didn't. It, there was no reason for it. It did it seemed gimmicky. This is a cool thing we could do. But otherwise, I I I thought the episode was great. Obviously, like I said, I think I was more emotionally moved by Sam's reaction. Um, In other words, listeners, when I cry, it makes Jessica cry. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only thing that melts are cold, cold heart are my tears. Obviously, <laughs> 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 yeah. having not followed the whole saga, I've been in and out. Yeah. I'm not as emotionally invested in these characters as I am to you and your history and your story and knowing. Um, you know, and I, I obviously I can connect very closely with wanting to go back in time and and be able to speak with someone maybe I hadn't haven't seen again or or I can't see anymore but I haven't experienced the same kind of loss that you know a lot of people have and so I don't think while I can understand that and empathize it in a sense of what that might feel like it's still I have more empathy and sympathy for the people in real life versus like this character I think sure mm-hmm. so yeah I thought it was a a well done episode and I thought it was I had been interested in this episode for a long time because I knew there was one called The Leap Home that you guys have mentioned, and I was like, is that a spoiler? Like, I didn't know what that meant. And so it, it was kind of satisfying to finally see what it was all about and to see that experience of him going to his own, yeah. very much his own self and his own timeline. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought it was a good episode. Yeah. 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 Oh, go ahead. No, I just say, I, of course, think it's... Awesome, a word which I wonder if, in our own reality, Sam Beckett did popularize. I, I would um, even go so far as to say it's radical. Radical. So. <laughs> it's far out. It's far out. Yeah. yeah. 
No, like, uh, like I can't emphasize like how much this episode like influenced me and my childhood. Like I even did like mm-hmm. a, a, a one person show coming up on three years ago now that was very heavily influenced by this episode. It was like me going back and traveling to different points mm-hmm. in my life. Sometimes in my younger self, sometimes as my adult self who was able to ingratiate myself in my family's life and just simply be around. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I think that this episode is is woven into our DNA, Dennis. Like, I, oh, God, I, I, yes. I mean, it, it, it's it's the reason why we're sitting here right now. Yes. Um, more yeah. than any other individual episode. Yeah. Um, and it's, it is weird to talk about because it feels intensely personal. It doesn't feel like I'm just sitting here talking about TV, you know, mm-hmm. it feels yeah. like I'm talking about a piece of myself. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and the way that I even feel like physically, I have this like feeling here. That's just kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's, we all know the feeling, but it's, yeah. you know. well, for me, I mean, this, this episode resonated strongly even when I was a child, when it first went out for sure. Yeah. When I was a child, I developed a huge interest actually in the United States of America and this sort of desire one day to, to move here. <laughs> but I, um, chief among my, uh, you know, places of, um, uh, of destination would be New York City or, mm. or um, LA or, or the, the well-known places. Sure. Never in a million years did I think <laughs> I would end up in that very state. Yeah. So it took on another level of resonance when I watched it after moving here. And now another one with the emotional side so it's it's one it's a gift that as they say keeps on giving i suppose absolutely if that's the right term like even for for someone who not very invested in the show because like betsy watched it for the first time last night and i wasn't even sure like as we were watching it like she was on her phone the entire time so i wasn't even really sure like how how much she was paying attention to it and after the episode was over with like she had actually been like pretty emotionally affected by it mm-hmm. we were just talking about you know, just like, you know, made her really wistful and just thinking about like, like going back mm-hmm. and like visiting her family, like in her teenage years. I mean, just even like talking about our life now, cause she was talking about like, you know, she was out driving with our son the other day, who's 15 months old. And, and just like thinking like ahead to the future, like, you know, one day she's going to pass away and, mm-hmm. and leave him and just mm-hmm. thinking about that and think about like where our life is right now. Like we're in, a, we are very much in a transitional phase right now. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, he's been, you know, he's born 15 months ago and we're living in a condo that's too small and I'm making a career transition right now. Like these are, are yeah. you know, this is a period of time in our life, like years from now, we're going to look back, you know, they're kind of rough right now, but they're, you know, transitional years. For sure. And, yeah. and I mean, I, I am in a, we're in a very similar place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little, yeah. little out of order in some ways because it's like, you know, we got the condo and, and I have kind of transitioned to a bit of a new career already, so we don't have the, the child yet. Uh, yeah. But that's going to happen in about six weeks. Um, and yesterday was the baby shower. Um, and uh, I'm not going to, not going to, not going to break down this time, I promise. But um, <laughs> while we were sitting there at the baby shower, and, you know, there's this. It's hard to put into words, but you're receiving all of these gifts, mm-hmm. and it's strange to not feel a little sort of like, oh, this is a little weird. You're just giving me things, and yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. and but I was so emotionally overwhelmed because all I could think is like, these people are sharing something with us for someone who's not even here yet. Mm-hmm. Like they're already displaying this 
appreciation. I don't necessarily say love. I mean, in some cases, it's absolutely love because sure. we're talking about their grandparents and their, you know. But it, it it was it was incredibly touching. And then, of course, we got home. And I had mentioned it to Jessica's aunt while we were there, but we got home, and I and I did say it to Jessica, and I was just sort of like, I really wish my mom could have been there. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I felt, I felt, I thought about her a lot, you know, during the day, and, and I think it, it was one of the reasons why I was so overwhelmed, because, you know, this is mm-hmm. something she would have loved, and seeing the gifts there and everything, and then, of course, to watch this episode this morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's it sort of like... I'm done. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I think again, it's it's what it, it's what any good piece of art is supposed to do, and you know, it, it's very moving, and it, it's very it touched me a lot. And I, I think if anybody's taking the time to listen to this, then they probably have been very moved and touched by this mm-hmm. episode as well, and probably have their own stories. So I would encourage you to, you know, if, if you're up for it and want to, feel free to share with us on Facebook or Twitter or yeah. Instagram we're any of those things we do I don't yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> we're sensitive souls we're you know I was thinking about this earlier actually I, I want to get us out of here but I do have to remark it's it's fascinating to me because all four of us sitting here the only reason that we know one another at all has to do with theater and, mm-hmm. and acting sure you know yeah. um, and, and, and I think that that's Pretty cool, you know. Or it's, yeah. here we are, a bunch of I artists and with actor types for a while. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Lawrence and I doing Shakespeare, and you know, you and I doing storefront theater here, and Jessica sure. and I working yeah. at Equity Theater and, and stuff. So it's like it's it's yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I so so. Anyways, that said, we're artists. We're sensitive souls. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anybody have anything else? No. Right. Bon, we're we're going to take a little break here, yeah. Project Quantum Leap, and then we're going to jump into recording part two, which we are indeed. we'll have out to you next week. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to leap out of here for now. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you. See you. No, we're not going to see any of you. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much. Right. Oh, boy. I had to get that in there at the end. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you've heard or have any questions or comments, don't be shy. Reach out to us online at fwwquantumleappod.com or Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Fates Wide Wheel. And remember to hit the subscribe button and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you may be listening. Until next time. I want to stay, I want